this is it, folks. The moment you've been waiting for all year long. It's time for the 2020 Attack of the Killer Podcast Award Show! This award show is brought to you by Polter Light Beer. The beer for ghosts. Ghosts love Polter Light Beer because ghosts love booze. The 2020 Award Show on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Hello, and welcome to the 188th annual Attack of the Killer Podcast Award <laughs> Show, the only award show that may cause blindness and severe bleeding from the rectum, so be sure to notify your doctor before listening. I am your MC for tonight's festivities, Insane Mike, and this is episode 224, the 2020 Award Show, part one. And I am only going to do eight song and dance numbers this year. Yeah, can't wait. If you've never heard our world-famous award shows, I'll explain it to you. This is our year-ender show where we talk about our top 10 horror movies of the year. Each member of the podcast has painstakingly reviewed each and every horror movie from 2020. (laughs) And we each do in-depth research involving pie charts, graphs, and schematics to determine our individual top 10 favorites of the year. It's a lengthy and intense discussion covering many, 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 many films. So it's going to get split up into two shows. We're going to do 10 through six on this one and then five through one on the next episode. So it's going to end on a cliffhanger. Can your heart take it? Now, if you haven't heard the show at all before, uh, what we usually do around these parts is we pick a topic. We talk about horror movies within that topic. And basically we're just a group of friends who speak freely. So we yeah, we do a lot of times like end up doing spoilers and stuff. So consider yourself warned. Now, if you like what you hear and want to support the show, you can become you can become what we call an official attacker. What's an attacker? An attacker is a, a very special individual of the Attack of the Killer Podcast family that not only helps keep the show going by supporting our Patreon, but also gets all kinds of extra contents and goodies that no mere mortal can receive on their own. You are an attack. If you are an attacker, you get a special shout out on the show. You get your very own membership card and certificate bonus episodes. Uh, you can get basically the show every week. Thanks to the bonus episodes. Uh, you can get weekly and monthly bonus videos such as insane Mike's one minute top 10 lists, killer critiques, and so much more. Check it all out for yourself at jointheattackers.com. There you can get signed up and pick the specific package of extra content you wish to receive. Again, that's jointheattackers.com and become an official attacker today. Do it. And now, here to present the awards tonight, in no particular order, are the podcast crew. He gave out the award to the best neckwear of 2020. It was a tie. Tad! (laughs) I see you went with the best first. Thank you. (laughs) Again, in no particular order. Uh, His last album won an award for its lack of percussion. It was a Nobel Prize. Jason! Oh my goodness. I like the theme, though. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is our favorite episode of the year. Thanks for being here. 
At the farmers' convention, he gave out the award for best scarecrow. It went to the one with the most out, the one that was the most outstanding in his field, Andy. <laughs> wow. Uh, hi, everybody. Thanks for listening and enduring these puns. And lastly, coming back to the show after a long hiatus, here for the award show. In high school, he was voted most secretive, and he can't tell you how much that meant to him. Dustin! <laughs> <laughs> really means a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm back for one night and one night only, so, you know, don't get used to oh, it. Oh, man, it's so good I'm to have you back, to it. it is All great right. to have you back, buddy. It's a staple. We missed you last year. <laughs> It's good to be back. Yes. This will be fun. It is going to be fun. First, I need to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the Netflix of horror, and it was a huge help with us watching all these movies for 2020. So you too can get can stay up to date on the latest and greatest in horror by signing up for Shudder. And as a special thanks for listening to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can get a month for free. How you do that? Enter a promo code. It's AOTKP. That's right. Enter that promo code, AOTKP, and get a month for free. That rhymes. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Now, we're just going to get right into it here. We're going to skip a lot of our segments. Um, We're not going to be doing what we watched because basically that's the whole show is what we've watched (laughs) lately. Um, And also no pole position. So sorry for that if you guys are missing out on that. But uh, we're going to make up for it in all this uh, amazing uh, discussion of 2020 horror movies. Um, so we're just going to go in order here in a, in no particular order and kind of go through our top 10, starting with number 10, Tad, what is your number 10 movie of 2020? Oh, you're going to go first. I, I wanted to say, it's really nice that you guys like my segment so much that we made a two part episode with only <laughs> my segment. Um, you know, I'm just very honored that you made this decision, and I want to thank Shudder for paying me to make my top ten all Shudder movies. Um, just keep keep sending me the checks, and I'll just keep pushing your movies. Um, no, but really, my number ten is a Shudder movie, and I I don't know this one. I really really loved. It was Host. It was like the first, nice. um, you know, post pandemic or i guess not but we're still not in post pandemic but first movie to sort of come out during the pandemic that related to our current times it's a horror movie that takes completely the whole entire movie takes place on zoom um it is very short it's a a little over an hour and it had my nerves on end it scared the hell out of my wife it was a thrill ride from beginning to end and Mm -hmm. i hope it's just a little blip in our history, like we look back at it and remember that time we had a global pandemic for a year and it's a distant memory. I hope this is like a one and done type thing that next year I will not be back with a another pandemic um, movie, but uh, I, I, I just love this one. It was uh, very convincing, very unique, and it was just simple and fun. It is fun. And when I heard that running time, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely watching this for, for 2020 <laughs> that, to make sure I get my numbers up. Um, I really enjoyed this too. And I mean, I, I've just come to terms that I definitely am a big fan of found footage, even though I guess I don't know if you'd call this really found footage, but it's still in a unique style being all done through, um, you know, on, you know, just online FaceTime 
um, through zoom and everything. Uh, yeah. And it's not overly long, you know, you don't get a lot of like character development leading. It just jumps straight into it where, you know, these, these group of friends get together and kind of do the seance and it go through, uh, online and it goes horribly, horribly wrong. Um, and yeah, and all the tense, uh, scary stuff is all the ghosty stuff is outstanding. Very, very well done. Um, the one thing, the one downside for me, my least favorite character is the one that, um, lasts the longest in the movie. So, um, you know, she kind of, she really annoyed me and she, she's kind of the character that is supposed to annoy you too. Cause she's kind of the one that, uh, that kind of, um, sets things off going badly, but she really annoyed me mostly because her eyeglasses were crooked. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take much no it kind of doesn't anybody else see this one i Heck unfortunately yeah. did not i was like i want to be clear if you're listening and you're not sure about which one this is this is the shutter original host because there's also a new 2020 movie called the host and another 2020 horror called the hosts yeah plural so there's three different movies that could be confused for each other i saw two of the three and uh the one I'm talking about is on uh, is is a Shutter exclusive, um, and it's very short and very sweet, and you'll recognize it right away because the whole thing takes place on Zoom. Yeah, I I shouldn't get on my soapbox about movie ti- current movie titles, but I'm not. A, I hate one word movie titles because yeah, it's confusing as hell. This year alone, there's two movies that are like there's host and hosts. You know, but there's like hundreds of movies that are called host or hosts or hosties, Twinkies or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's the new thought too, right? I did. I liked it a lot. I, uh, I had a hell of a time with it. You know, these, um, these computer found footage, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, if it's, it's kind of like its own genre now, but for me, like these have always worked because they're always using like the real software for it. Mm -hmm. It's always the... You know, they're using Zoom and the shit that happens on it happens on Zoom, the way it fades in and out. Lots of cool stuff. I, I, it's been a while since I've jumped at some jump scares, but there was a few in this that actually like kind of got me. Uh, it kind of kept me up at night too. Uh, but the, uh, wow. I, I think the, uh, the one that got me the most is, well, I mean, if we're going to get into it, is, because they're trying it's a seance gone wrong over zoom and um they end up opening a door or a pathway for some demons somebody who they're not trying to contact the story is not original and that's something interesting that you just brought up mike about uh, character development it, it i, I kind of like that in these and it to me it makes it more realistic and it makes it seem less like a movie and more like found footage because you don't get that character development because it's oh, like yeah. a recording. You, you, there wouldn't be much character mm-hmm. development if it were a found footage. Yeah, you real know, life. If you're going to have a, a Zoom party or you're going to do a seance, you're not going to spend 10 minutes you know, right. telling your life story. Exactly. And, and I think that's what makes it like you can tell they've already got a bond. They've already got a friendship and they establish that in the first five minutes that they're all pretty cool with each other and they all like each other and they're just trying to survive in this pandemic world. Uh, but it's the seance gone wrong and just the demon starts attacking them separately through the zoom call, 
which is a, a cool feature. Lots and lots of stuff going on in the background. You need to be, you, your eyes have to be all over the screen. I always mm-hmm. say, watch these movies on your computer screen and you will have, um, I think it's scarier. <laughs> Extra layer of, right. Yeah. Um, which I've done. And I think it just adds to that, but there's so much going on in the background. And I think this, the, the demon starts attacking them, but I think the the one that got me the most was the girl who has the green screen or well, she has her static background, which you can do in zoom. And she like comes through it and like bashes her head, like on the, on the table that scared the shit out of me. (laughs) That was a really cool use of, of, of that technology. It really was. Yeah. I had a hell of a time with it. How does this one compare to those other two? Like unfriended? Unfriended. Yeah. Those two. Because those were awesome. Those are, I liked both of those. Those both yeah, made too. my lists uh, when those years. So for sure. I think Unfriended Dark Web might still be my number one in this little subcategory. But it's, it, but this one's up there. It's, it, it was really well done and some really cool, cool horror elements in it. I kept sort of watching and wondering like how in the hell did they do this? Because the way they do it, it makes it look like one single shot. They like don't cut away, but obviously they figured out a way, you know, it, it, your mind's playing tricks on you because it's a group of friends and you can't pay attention to every window the whole time. So there are probably little cuts in each one, but they cleverly hide them with editing because, you know, they they have a reason for someone leaving the screen or someone's um, internet goes down. And, and like earlier, we were talking about the character development and it's sort of cool because I do establish sort of the roles of the group like right away they have the dude who's sort of a douchebag who's getting drunk and he's you know uh it's obvious that he doesn't see his friends as often and they are sort of like you know oh he's late to the meeting and he's late to this whatever and he's not taking it seriously and this girl you know thinks this thing is a joke and the other girl's a little too serious about it and that kind of thing like you you sort of have your roles in the group so you know what to expect yeah definitely yeah it it's you know, if if you if you guys missed out on on this one, I would recommend it. And again, it is a quick watch, so you're not gonna lose too much time. Um, Jason, what's your number ten? Oh my gosh, um, I my number ten. I just wanted to, I guess, before we get super super started, I I guess I wanted to pull back the curtain just a little bit. Like we, I just we we share we have this shared document that we have been. Um, adding titles to all year and on average, roughly we're around like 150 movies that we've cataloged in here. And, and out of those, like we average about at least 50 around 50 that we watched each. And like that, just that's how many movies there were this year. And, and still, and we, and we narrowed down to 10 out of at least around 50 that we all watched. And that was hard. I'm just saying we Put in some work. Put in some hours. Yeah, like up until probably two or three weeks ago, I was a little nervous about not finding like t- 10 I felt really were strong. And then I, you know, bulldoze into stuff and I, I, I was like finding stuff up until yesterday. So um, if you don't feel it's a strong year for horror, you're just not watching enough. Yeah. Yep, very true. Yeah, I think that's a takeaway every year. Really, is like there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's gonna dig. So hopefully our list will help with that. So get the pen and paper ready. But my number mm-hmm. ten 
Oh, I'm going to go with Sputnik. Oh. No, you're the only other one that watched this, Dustin, I think. Oh, well, I yeah. So this is a... Uh, this is on Hulu, and you can watch it now. This is a completely Russian film made by Russians in Russia, and so they they made it really fast. Yes, and Russia, the film make you see exactly. <laughs> Summoned to a secluded research facility, a controversial young doctor examines a cosmonaut who returned to Earth with an alien parasite inside of him. And it's a uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. It's a I I don't know. I think I have a little soft spot for these kind of movies because Alive a, a couple of years ago was one of my top films ever. I loved it, and so this one's got a this one's great because it's 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 clearly low budget, and there's just like pretty much one location, this kind of army base thing where they are just got this astronaut in a cell, and they keep an eye on them and the shit that happens all happens kind of in this little place. And, um, it's, I love it. I started it. Yeah. I thought it was, Oh, you didn't finish it. No. Cause, uh, as soon as I started, it had subtitles and I love, I, uh-huh. I have no problem oh. with subtitles. Yeah. I do. I do love movies yeah. with subtitles. Uh, but I was, um, like wrapping gifts or something as well as watching movies. So I was like, I'll save this yeah. one for later. And I didn't get back to it. Yeah. It's hard to multitask with a subtitle Let's movie. Yeah. <laughs> you have to kind of like, if you're going to have a night of movies, which we did when I watched this, I usually keep those movies first because yep. I'm kind of wore out like at the yep. end of the night and I just kind of want to watch. Uh, so I kind of had to put the subtitle ones first and I have no issue with subtitles either. Um, but this one had a lot of information in it that I, that we, <laughs> yeah. we as a viewer need to soak up. Uh, I thought it was cool. Um, I, uh, I, th- I thought it was bizarre. Um, the alien was a little bit bizarre to me. I think, uh, yeah. I guess, spoiler alert, it was kind of men in blackish, I guess, <laughs> but it, it was, it, I think it needed to have that quality because you are on its side because this alien lives inside this cosmonaut and they kind of share this consciousness. And yeah, I thought it was symbiote as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, parasite, but I thought it was cool. It takes place in Soviet Russia, right? Like it was like in the eighties and you know, like, like they're all starving and it's, it's already like a weird time for everybody. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty decent too. Um, I'm just gonna spoiler. It didn't make my list, but it was definitely an honorable mention. I had trouble making a, a full top ten <laughs> list. I had, this is the first year, guys. This is the first year I had to like take stuff off the list. Oh my that, god, that never happens right. to me. Like that's awesome. So this one had to come off. Um, not because it was bad. It's just because I thought that the uh, ones I put on my list were better. So yeah, I think sure. this is a this is a definite must watch for sure. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's on Hulu when you you know some afternoon, <laughs> not too late in the day. Yeah, there's some reading to happen, but but it's uh it's beautiful and dark and and a neat little concept. That's my number ten, Sputnik. Excellent. So next up we have Andy. What's your number ten? Okay. Um, much like the other guys, I feel like. 
there I could have mixed and matched like a lot of other films could have gone onto this list, but I listed um ones on here that kind of, you know, just resonated with me a little bit more and I'm not, you know, disregarding any of the other films that didn't make my list, but my number 10 since I'm a goofy bastard, I had to go with Scare Package. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mhm. Um nice. First and foremost, I want to say right now how we do not have a rad Tad's Horror Emporium shirt with the Joe Bob logo. How that hasn't happened yet, I I don't know. I figured Tad would have, you know, made one already, but the the stories in this um anthology are just absolutely Absolutely great, uh, particularly the one with uh, called the "One Time in the Woods," where the guy is melting, and it's just it's hilarious. Um, it's basically deals with this uh, horror. Uh, it's it's basically a video store that's uh, just mainly deals in horror, and I'll read from IMDb here. Uh, Chad, the owner of Rad Chad's Horror Emporium, recounts a series of bone-chilling, blood-splattered tales to illustrate the rules of the horror genre to his newest employee. Uh, And his name is Han, and they just have really, really great uh, segments, you know. And uh, since I'm a wrestling fan, I automatically noticed that Dustin Rhodes was the Devil's Lake Impaler, and the kills in that are, are great. And the the people that you think are going to survive in that last segment are like the last people you would expect to survive and all the horror tropes are uh are in that last segment and basically it's Chad the ones that's explaining him and of course we do get to see Joe Bob Briggs in this movie and it's a heck of a lot of fun i'm pretty sure i did most of you guys watch this Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we all. I watched it on the last drive-in with Joe Bob. Oh, okay, <laughs> Ho- hosting um, it. Nice. Uh, what did you guys think of it? It was a blast. I love it. This is. I'm <laughs> sad to say it didn't. Oh. It didn't make my top ten. Even though what? this is an. In, this is an insane Mike movie, <laughs> all the way. It is. So why it didn't make my top ten? I don't. I don't know. But it is. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah totally love it that's great big, yeah big fan of the uh, Chris McEnroy's segment with the melting well, dude mm-hmm. that dude's comedy chops are amazing and we've been we've been you know ch- being the cheerleader for him for years now with his short films so really excited to see that he got to be a part of this feature that played on Shudder yeah, and he has. They do have shirts with the Melting Man on them. They have the mm-hmm. Rad Chad's T-shirt. Um, yeah, just cool to see a dude that you know is a um, Halloween to Palooza and Snake Alley alum get to do something this cool. Nice, absolutely nice. Yeah, I I really I really had a good time with this. I had just it was it's the it's just a fun movie. It's it's just a fun time. It is in my top 20. Oh, yeah. By far, it's definitely in the top 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dustin, what about you? Well, boys, 
This is where the sandpaper comes out. Oh. I hope this isn't a human centipede two situation. <laughs> it's a little rough for me. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I really wanted to like this movie. I seriously did because I love the style of it. I love, I love the cover. I love the, uh, how it looks. I thought the first segment was hilarious. I left my ass off during that segment. I'm like, okay, well this has won me over, but I never really seen a, uh, uh, an anthology film kind of like not win me over after it's won me over. I don't know how to, how to say that, but I just felt like 90% of the cast was trying to be the funny character. And it was, I, I, I don't know, like not everybody needed to be the funny character. I needed the straight character in one of the skits to come out and, and kind of ground the, you know, that, that any particular segment after that first one, the first one was balls to the wall. So like that, that didn't matter to me, but after that, it kind of just, I, I don't know. Luckily, you know, most of those segments were short, but the longer ones kind of just felt like they dragged on, especially the last one. And I was, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, right. I, I, I totally agree with you on the, um, everybody trying to be the funny man character. Cause you can't, you cannot have that in comedy the comedy works better if there's somebody straight to play the 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 funny guy off of i mean right right that's why evan costello worked that's why you know jerry lewis and dean martin worked you know i I thought han was playing the straight guy though he was just trying to be a good employee oh yeah and i count that as the wraparound but then that that story does eventually come into its own segment at the end But then after that, it's like everybody is the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. Sorry, y'all. That's <laughs> all right. This is why we do this episode. That's right. <laughs> Dustin, then what is your number 10? Then? <laughs> uh, let me get out the envelope here. Uh, this is an award show, right? Oh, right. I'm, I'm wearing a tux. I don't know. <laughs> uh, for those of you that know me, you know I got to put this movie on the list, and you can have me backed into a corner, and I'll have both guns blazing for this series. <laughs> you know what it is. You didn't even have to ask me for this one, because oh, no. it is for sure number 10, Tremors, Shrieker Island. <laughs> I, as soon as I, I knew you and Mike would be the two that would fucking watch We're this. We're the only two that watch this one, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 no, I didn't watch it. <laughs> is this the one with Napoleon Dynamite? It is. It yes. is. Okay. All right. So before <laughs> I, I did, <laughs> oh my uh, okay. so I want to start off by saying that this Tremors is like no other Tremors I've ever seen. It is completely different in shooting style and the way that it looks and the way that it's shot. Yes, it still has Bert. I wouldn't have watched it if it didn't. And yes, it does have Graboids. But unfortunately, they're all CGI. So this is why it's 10. You know, it could have very well been higher if they had a practical graboid in there. But um, I thought this one, they did a lot of things different than they've done in the past. They took out Jamie Kennedy and replaced him with another subpar comedy person uh, (laughs) with Napoleon Dynamite. He actually does really good in this. I was actually surprised at how good he did. And I was actually surprised at how shitty Jamie Kennedy was in the other one. So I guess that's a good, pretty good trade-off. But this kind of was shot like like they put some fucking money into it you know like 
they had location a location alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they had great shots, uh, you know, overhead shot. Like they, like they look like they, they, they said, Hey, here's, here's some money. Now go make a good tremors movie this time. Like, we're, we're not going to do this again. And they're like, Oh shit, we better get our fucking act together. And so they did that. Uh, and it's good. I think you should watch it. And <laughs> if you can get past the uh, CGI graboids, um, you're, you'll be fine because it's got fucking Bert in it, and he's being Bert. I mean, what else? You got Michael Gross. That's all you need. That's right. all you need. It is all you need. That is the only reason why I watch any of these movies <laughs> as as badly as they've gotten because it's always about Bert. Man, he is one of my. favorite favorite characters of any horror franchise um you know but spoiler alert without you know trying to be a little cryptic here um i'm done watching them then if they're going to do any more after this obviously it's yes again they've done something they've never done in a uh, a tremors movie so that another hint hint <laughs> wink wink <laughs> they made it decent oh <laughs> huh <laughs> they, they, I'll just say they broke the carnal sin of the Tremors franchise. I'll yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> wow. Or is this in your top five then, Mike? No, <laughs> it didn't make the list. Unfortunately, it wouldn't even have made the top 20, but I'm glad I saw it because, again, I, I love the Tremors franchise for what they are. I mean, obviously, there's diminishing returns as the as the franchise went on. But as long as you had Michael Gross there, it, that to me, that's all that mattered. I mean, yeah. he is such a. I, I still want. I still have like my um, fantasy script I want to do where it's Reggie from the Phantasm movies teams up with Ash and and um, and Burt Gummer as like a triple threat badass lots of firepower there exactly where like they're hilarious but are trying to be complete badasses all at the same time <laughs> do it right up richard breaks in it oh he does an excellent job too that's that's why it leans more towards like a real movie <laughs> like seriously i was watching it and it had this it has this uh scene where they're like in this open field they're shooting i think uh on an island somewhere um in in real life it's not you know a fake location (laughs) and there's like explosions going off and it it looks really good and nalani comes down she's like what are you watching and i'm like this is a tremors movie it's like it's it's not what this is supposed to look like like they they sunk some cash into it this year (laughs) huh yeah wow shrieker island okay so my number 10 um uh this is why we have Dustin on yeah we never know what what he's gonna pick (laughs) my number 10 going back to shutter i picked the shed Uh, yes oh i really love this movie i loved the concept i love you know Again, it's on the more simplistic side. You know, basically, it's a vampire is trapped in this guy's shed. And as soon as I read the, you know, or actually, actually, I think it was Tad when he when he first watched it like earlier this year and talked yep. about on what we watched. It really got me excited because I just want to see how they can carry a movie about a guy who has a vampire trapped in his shed. 
and they do a great job with it. They do some really cool things with it. Um, uh, I, I love the cast. Uh, I like how they go with his best friend. Um, you know, basically when he finds out there's a vampire in the shed and going down a dark path with his bullies and, and, um, it was just a fun movie. I can never remember that actor's name who plays the werewolf. Um, he was in the doors. He was in the werewolf. Um, you mean I mean the vampire. The, the vampire Frank sorry. Whaley. Frank Whaley. Yeah. Which I is so a, Yeah. It's a weird role for him. Very weird, weird role. I just First remember all, him as Brett from Pulp Fiction. You know, yeah. does yeah. he look like yeah. a bitch? Well, for me, I've always been a big fan of him since I, I first movie I ever saw him in, which was Career Opportunities with him and um, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, yeah, because <clears throat> he he to me he was like a poor man's um, Ferris Bueller in that movie, and I loved <laughs> him. Uh, but so seeing him in this vampire role was so weird, you know, because he doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue, and he's in a lot of makeup through a, a chunk of it. What's interesting too is that you see him go from human to vampire at the beginning of the movie. So that's interesting. It's, it, even though through most of the movie, he just comes off as just a, a, a mindless monster that you shouldn't have any sympathy for, but it starts off as he, uh, in the movie as him as a victim um, of the whole thing. But, and I really, I wanted to do more research about the movie um, because I just have this weird, I'm I can't wait to go rewatch it again because I feel like these are this movie was made by horror fans and that there are way more horror nods to other films in this movie than meets the eye. I mean, how many of you guys? I, I see this is a movie that we all watched, right? How, yeah. how many of you guys instantly picked up on their um, um, instrumental cover of Dream Warriors? Mm-hmm. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, yeah. let's put Dream War. I want Dream Warriors in our movie without having to pay the uh, licensing rights to put Dream Warriors in our movie. <clears throat> but not only that, the, the one moment of the movie, and I'll say this and I'll let you guys talk because I'm, I'm just rambling about minor things now. But the, the moment that made me think, holy crap, this is a horror movie made made by horror fans and there's got to be way more nods going on than I picked than I even picked up. And this is the moment that I started paying attention for that is there is a line of dialogue in the first part when um, they're confronting the bullies and the bully says, um, eat shit and die. And the kid says, eat shit and live. That's first of all, nobody ever says that. That is not a thing you say. And yet, so it has to be a total nod to sleepaway camp because that exact lines of dialogue is in sleepaway camp. I mean, me and Justin Beam quote that shit all the time. Eat shit and live. Well, eat shit and or eat shit and die. Eat shit and live. Well, what kind of comeback is that? So it has to be an homage to Sleepaway Camp. Just that little moment. Anyway, I love the shed. <laughs> this uh, I I enjoyed this. Um, it it didn't make my top ten, but I felt like this movie was sort of like the white trash version of, uh, of a nod to like fright night to me. I mean, cause like his buddy seemed like, like the evil Ed, you know, in this situation, you know, and you know, you're you know, right. This, like, this really has a fright night feel to it. Fright night vibe to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, um, 
I don't know. I mean, this a part of me was wanting a little bit more, you know, because it was it was always the you know our monster was always cloaked in shadow. I mean, of course he had to be because most of the time it was filmed during the day, you know. But if this guy is like so damn superhuman, you know, and he can like rip people apart with his bare hands, he can't get out of a shed door at night. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I guess I just had a hard time with that part. I mean, I can appreciate what they were, what they were going for. And I thought it was well made for what, you know, what they were working with, but just, I don't know. Uh, I had a hard time getting around that, but you know, that part aside, I, I had a good time with it. Yeah. It totally made my top 20, maybe my number 11 spot. It's so much fun. had a great time. Yeah, Frank Whaley is this almost not seen as all make. He's just has such a weird role for him. I know you just don't see him doing anything like that. Then that that kid's dad, grandpa. You're like, I want him to get eaten, please. Oh, yeah, the whole whole grandpa thing was so heartbreaking because I'm just kind of waiting for just any nugget of love from this grandfather towards this kid. Like, I'm just kind of hoping like, this is just tough love. And there's going to be a moment, especially when the shit hits the fan with the vampire stuff. And it's like, and it never does have have a little compassion. The kid lost his folks for crying out loud. It's It's a great concept for a movie though. I mean, these outcast kids, uh, you know, that are always constantly bullied, get the ultimate weapon in their, in their shed. And don't think, I don't know. Would you, would you do what, would you use the, the shed against your bullies? You know, like the one guy didn't No, 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 that's too far. Yeah, no, it's great. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. So Tad, you, I think were the first one of, of us to see this. Did you get a chance to revisit it at all or? No, I didn't revisit it. I, I liked certain aspects of it. Um, didn't love, other things i maybe my issue was similar to andy's or i just felt like it didn't get anywhere quick enough but i did i did enjoy it i and i think i recommended it when i uh talked about it on what we watched um just i i love movies that have a very simple concept that is like it's not much to think about. It's very simple. And I, I love the interaction with the kid and his friend and the bullies. Like that's very realistic. It's didn't feel like, um, your typical movie. It was more like I probably grew up with, with my neighborhood friends. There was kids that I saw every day that I didn't like that were in my neighborhood, but they were in my neighborhood. So I had to interact with them all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, if I had friends, I kept them really close. And, you know, I, I, I always put myself in those situations at that age. Like, um, I think a couple of years ago I had uh, super dark times on my list and that one really yeah. resonated with me, uh, just because it made me think of, you know, me as a kid and what I would do in that situation. And I, I would not use it against my bullies either. I'd be too chicken shit, but <laughs> the fantasy of doing that is is awesome in the movie, you know. And Dustin, what did you think of this one? Uh, yeah. Well, sorry, here comes the, on this one too. My God, here comes right the sandpaper. It's the grit. It's coming. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. I this is obviously like a budget film, and so I don't want to knock it too hard. 
Yeah. Snow tremors, seven yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't can't sink the money into shed, uh, but you can tremors. Um, I, you know, I, I just I don't know. I just I wasn't feeling it. I felt like it was kind of painful to to get through. I kind of had to force feed myself to watch it uh, after it went through. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just didn't dig it. You know, I. I thought it was a, I agree with everyone that it is a clever idea, but this is not what I anticipated it to be. I was, I was expecting, uh, because I did notice, uh, the actor playing the vampire. Um, and I thought, well, here's an opportunity for him to, it, to become knight, him turn back into his normal non vampire self and they they team up with him to you know come to school with us and kill kids we don't like. I I was I that's was my what I was anticipating, and it was very much not that. And um, I, I don't know. I just I just didn't dig it at all. Really, sorry. All right, you convinced me. I'm taking it off my. Nose. Oh, it's too late. It's in the <laughs> annals of history. No, please don't. I, that's, that's why I don't say. That's why I like. Oh, I don't like saying I didn't like something because <laughs> it changes somebody's mind. Maybe I don't know, but I'm. No, oh, no, oh, please keep it where it is. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to our number nines here. Um, Tad, what is your ninth favorite movie of 2020? My number nine is from director Joe Bagos. It's VFW. This one I had a blast with. It felt like a a nod to um, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, but uh, maybe more so grisly and badass. Uh, Joe Bagos made my list last year with Bliss. He's made it again this year with VFW. He's my kind of director. I'm really digging what he's doing so far. Um, This one was just awesome to see some old character actors, gritty as hell, um, bashing dudes, and it's really that simple. I just fucking love the violence and the colors, and this movie, you know, it fired on all cylinders, and I loved it. It, it was just fun. I, I've, I Maybe I just feel like my top ten are just movies I enjoyed watching from beginning to end. Like, if they captured my attention and I... And uh, I was entertained throughout, and this is definitely one of those. So, uh, VFW now streaming on Shutter. Shutter, Shutter. Yeah, this movie rules. We've had it on. It feels like several episodes, and it's so much fun. The, the bar episode. Um, I will touch on this briefly because you will hear me talk about this again. Foreshadowing. Um. But I will, I, I have to say, I, I agree with Tad. This is like, uh, I think I described it to, to one of my friends because I suggested that he watch it. It's like Assault on Precinct 13 meets Hobo with a shotgun. I mean, it's it's got that grimy sort of sleazy uh, feel. And it's, it's. It it almost feels like it. This movie could have been made in the seventies. In fact, I think it, it's it's like uh, you could have filmed it like in any era of a drug epidemic. Like you could have had these same actors do this in the eighties, 
and you could have, you know, called the drug crack cocaine when, you know, and that, and all these junkies are trying to get into this VFW. I mean, the VA, the VHS would have been new back then that they're watching, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you could have filmed it during at, at any point and it would still be, uh, effective. Uh, yeah. Love, love, love this movie. And the leads are all old dudes. How That's awesome a cool thing that? too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think St- Stephen Lang, as far as yeah, as as it goes, I'm just really loving him. Like he is a guy that I'd never really noticed before until you know, like Don't Breathe, and now this. Oh so God, so good. He he's quickly climbing up my ladder, and he's just there is something about him, this badass older man that you you just want to you just want to hang out with him, or you want him to be that that tough ass uncle that. Cheers his I, beer with I you. want him at the house on Thanksgiving with that turkey baster. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that, there goes your appetite for like anything. So, Dustin, tell us how much you hated VFW. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't like um, Don't Breathe. I didn't like Bliss, but I did like VFW. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought, yeah, the old, the old or alone, you would love this movie. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to mention that on this podcast, uh, especially, uh, the year end podcast that alone doesn't get you a pass anymore because it's, it's it's so saturated now with that type of music that it's gotta be good. And I'll do, I, I will mention a movie if somebody brings it up later, um, that has a better score than the actual movie. Um, but I thought in VFW, um, all the old guys work. They're great. Yeah. The whole and everything that takes place in the bar is awesome. The 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 antagonist super goddamn cringy. I could not stand him. I wanted oh, I just wanted the old guys. I know we have to have the bad guy, but like the acting of this guy, the way he presented himself. He's just like this skinny turd on the screen. And yeah. I just like, How do you fear this turd? Yeah. Like this guy's our badass? No. Like I loved the big dude that came in, you know, like during the the, the break in scenes, and like that guy was fucking scary. Like, you know, make make him the the bad guy. I know they needed brains, but you know, the big dude can have brains too. So I, I don't know. There was just I, I, everything that was in the bar was was great. I, I love all those guys. Uh, everything outside of the bar was not good. Uh, but I liked the movie. I I uh, I give it two thumbs up. It didn't make my list. It's an honorable mention. But uh, I did enjoy it. I had a good time watching it. They should have had Bert as one of the old guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will second that. Jason, what's your number nine? Number nine. And there might be a little recency bias on this one because it was the last one I watched of all these. My number nine is Spontaneous. Woo! Oh, man. Uh, Tad was totally right. It's a John Hughes movie with exploding kids. <laughs> Gosh dang, it's so good. I, I, and, and then it really, and, and obviously I like it cause it's a love story, uh, with these two kids and Charlie Plummer is amazing. And I could just watch anything that kid does. He's got such a great smile and laugh and he's easy to watch. And the, the, both of these two kids are great. And, and it might be, and, and for being a kind of a comedy, but it might be the goriest movie out of all these. Yeah. 
For real. I, that that lead actress, I don't know her name, but man, she is like uh Langford. So good, like so perfectly f- funny and dark and weird and quirky uh mm-hmm. and adorable like it's it's not your typical like describing it the way I did I I felt like I did it injustice because this character is not your typical teen movie teenager like I don't know something about her she's very um funny for real yeah she's great so yeah these these kids in their in this high school they're seniors and they're just out of nowhere just they start exploding and these two try to figure out how to survive in this crazy world. And so I love it, you know, obviously for, as you can guess at the moral of the story is, you know, live, live for the day, seize the day, you know, cause you could explode tomorrow, but. I thought um, it was interesting that, you know, this came out recently, but obviously filmed before a pandemic, but it's, it very much felt like almost, um, in line with that because spoiler they quarantine the kids and try to figure out what's going on and try to solve it and the government keeps lying to the parents and telling them like we th- we almost have it figured out or you know we're, we're very close to figuring this out and they have no fucking idea why these kids are exploding and they just keep telling the public like oh yeah we do and they become national news and stuff and it's like this is eerily close like instead of exploding you know kids getting like COVID or something but it just felt like uh, very on the nose for this year. Yeah, and the the pill that they end up saying is the cure. They they call the snooze button. Mm-hmm. They really don't know if it works or not. <laughs> just anyway, spontaneous man. This was so good. Again, Had some it, good scares too because it's like oh, you're yeah. intense because literally anybody can go at any time. You have no idea. There's no rhyme or reason why people explode. Um, and nope. that's what's so cool about it. Like this this year has gotten a lot of really cool movies like this where the concept is just like so out there that it's a blast for me like i i had saw this on someone else's list and i it sounded like wild i had to watch it and i was blown away uh bad pun but (laughs) (laughs) i agree i'm this is going to be i think my regret for films that i didn't get to watch because i started it like movie i didn't quite get over the finish line here with with this one i started it last night but we started watching it at at midnight so there was no way we were going to try to finish watching it today and we just didn't get to it but i loved what i saw and it's everything you guys say that it is so i know this would have been a movie that would have made my top 10 and uh i like what you said there tad about just is because it's true. There's just so many great movies that came out this year that have such bizarro concepts. It really feels like we're in a day and age of, of, um, grindhouse themed type of movies. You know, it's like, I, I say, I, I say like bad movies, Z grade movies, B movies. I love them because they feel like they have to overcompensate with their concepts and stories. Um, with lack of everything else that goes into making a movie. So they come up with these outrageous ideas and we're in a day and age of like, not only are you getting these outrageous ideas, but you're getting much more, um, much more better productions out of it as well. So that's pretty exciting. And again, what I've seen so far, it's awesome. So, and, but Dustin, you saw this too, right? 
I did. I really liked it. Um, it didn't make my list, but I, I didn't. I didn't see it would have, but I, I just didn't really see it as a horror movie. But no. I just kind of, I could yeah. kind of count my emotions into it. And this is this movie was fucking sad. Like I was absolutely. Sad. Oh yeah. And I, I, if that's what I'm feeling, then I'm like, this is like a a, a horror movie that disguised as a drama. Like it, it was just super sad and depressing. And, uh, but I, I thought it was excellent. Um, I don't want to spoil it for Mike. Um, but I do think it suffers from a couple things. I think it, not only this is a really a thing, but like, um, suffers from pacing predictability. Um, we could tell when we were watching right before we're like, Oh, that person's going to explode and they would explode. And, it just we could kind of tell just the way the camera was shot, the way the, the angle was, the way they were, the way they had edited the, the movie that we could tell when the next person was gonna explode. And I, I don't know if you guys felt that in any way, but um, it kind of was kind of you could see but it. Yeah, there was half and half. I thought there were some that are just was playing out of nowhere, but there's moments that they work on the tension of like, Oh, it could happen any minute. We they did. Yeah. They, did. they toyed and with you. And obviously that, that, that one, like they set it up, you, you know, something's gonna, happen. <laughs> and, you know, that's all I can say, you know, but that one, they definitely had to get you ready for, but yeah, no, it, I, I but it, but it's jumpy in general. Just, I don't know. I, yeah, it's comedy drama. Yeah. I just felt more sad after than I did scared <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. It was just, it's just, that's the way it left me. We got as far as the second explosion that happens at the football game, <laughs> which <laughs> those kids' names in the back of their jerseys, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, but I also, I, you know, I, I was sitting there during that moment and kind of had also a little bit of a um, Heather's feel, a little Heather's vibe to it. I can see that. Yeah. Lighthearted Heather's. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so that was okay. Andy, what's your number nine? My number nine, uh I don't know. It's barely a horror movie, but I had so much fun watching it. I I had to put it on my list, uh, because it's just it's my kind of movie and it's guns akimbo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely an Andy movie. Um, I, I, <laughs> well, I just, I just, I love the fact I, I like underdog stories, but I mean, normally, if I, I would probably hate this kind of a person who's just a, a just a, a shit talker on the internet, who you know, yeah. his the baddest part of him is his fingers. Um, but I love the, I love the. I love the underdog story and the, the idea is, is just great, you know, and him trying to handle the fact that he's got like two nine millimeters screwed to his hands. He's, I mean, he starts off in his boxers, you know, so he's got to get pants on (laughs) and, uh, just his, his talk with the hobo and him trying to eat like this two week old hot dog, you know, it's just (laughs) all the, all the crazy shit that he has to go through. But I mean, eventually, I mean, he just, he does, you know, stand up to himself. I mean, he, 
his douchebag boss, you know, is, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased here. I will watch absolutely anything with Samara weaving in it because I, everything that I've seen her in is awesome. And she's very easy on the eyes. Um, but, uh, yeah, just him, you know, basically saying, you know, being forced into the position to, you know, if you're going to talk all this shit, you know, start backing it up, you know, and this, this crew called schism, I believe, which is basically, it's like a, you know, a fight club where you fight to the death and Samara weaving is who is, uh, Nick's, I believe is her name. And she's assigned to kill this Daniel Radcliffe character. Who's been talking shit about schism, you know, uh, on the internet this whole time she's assigned to kill him. But the, the only weapon that they give him is these two nine millimeter millimeters that are bolted to his hands. And he's got like, I believe 50 rounds in, in each uh, ammo clip there. I assume were going up his forearms and um, yeah, him trying to, you know, just survive because I mean, initially I don't think he really wants to, to kill anyone. And he doesn't want to blow his dick off when he's trying to go to the bathroom. I um, mean, just the, all the situations that he gets into, it's just, it's, it's a fun movie for me. Um, normally, like, my, the, the bottom part of my, you know, my lists are just the fun movies that, res- that just really resonate with me. And I had a good time. And I will pass it over to uh, Dustin to tell me how much he hates it. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, yeah, I really right didn't there. dig it that much. Uh, <laughs> no, no, guys, this was supposed to be my movie. Like this was, like this is my movie. Like the, like I look at this like, oh, this is the, this is this is what I dir- will direct. Like this is, this is the things that I would, I would talk about and the things I would incorporate if I was to make a movie. And I was so so pumped to see it. I loved the concept of somebody having fucking guns with limited ammo bolted right? to their hands. Like, like that is such an awesome idea, but it just, it didn't go where I wanted it to go. I did. I, I thought there was so many other interesting things that could have happened uh, to Daniel Radcliffe that just didn't happen. And it never got where I wanted it to go. And Reese Darby, who's the hobo absolutely oh, kills it in this. Movie. Yeah. So <laughs> funny. He's so funny. He every scene he he's in that movie, which isn't much, he steals the scene. Um, I just, I it it didn't even make my honorable mentions. I just guess I didn't really see it much as like a horror movie, although I know it, it was on our list. Um, I'm just trying to keep my list. I'm not. I, I don't want anybody to mistake my list for being something else other than a horror movie list. So I I tried to make things that were only straight this year. I had a goal, but this movie it it wouldn't make my honorable mentions either just because i still just didn't i didn't dig it because it was supposed to be my movie and expectations were high and it just just didn't do it for me i'm sorry guys i'm really sorry i'm i'm bringing you all down <laughs> oh no, it's fine i didn't realize that the director did deskasm this was his follow-up to deskasm oh, oh shit yeah. i didn't know that either nice. oh, well, see i like yeah, that I watched it yeah <laughs> because i didn't watch it for the same reason that you know that Dustin leaves it off as honorable mentions because it didn't look like anything related to horror for me. I mean, it looks like it'd be a fun movie, but you know, I, I 
was being a little horror biased, I guess. I will watch anything with Samara Weaving and Daniel Radcliffe. And so I was Thank totally you. in right when this came out. Um, I know the director has sort of got um, canceled and a lot of controversy around him. That would be a whole different podcast. But um, it the movie was a whole lot of fun. I thought it was wild and crazy and to take someone as attractive as Samara weaving and make her look like she did in this movie is, um, pretty ballsy. And I can't say I wasn't entertained. I love, uh, I just love that Daniel Radcliffe has basically said, you know, I have all the money I could ever want from Harry Potter. So now I'm just going to do things that are fun. So he does yeah. things that are crazy and fun like this and Swiss army, man. I, I, yes. you know, oh, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I just love that. He's, he could do anything he wants. And instead of doing like the, um, Emma Watson route and doing like beauty and the beast and all, you know, these big Disney movies, he's like, I want to do indie movies that are crazy and fun. And so he does. It's awesome. Taking the Elijah Wood route, you know? Right. Which those two get confused for each other all the time. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you still need to watch it. Uh, I will, because again, it looked fun. I oh. figured this would be one I'll watch after the fact. I just, again, you know, the horror, the topic of is a horror. And it's, you know, I guess it's all subjective. You know, you and I have had this conversation just a million offline times. here. If I woke up with two, uh, nine millimeters bolted to my hands with people chasing me. That's pretty horrifying. So <laughs> yeah, it scared the I, shit I'll, out of me. <laughs> right. I'll stand, I'll stand for it. So, so, uh, Dustin, what's your number nine? Oh, uh, ho- hold on a second. Let me get my envelope here. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Look, oh, it's way down there at the bottom. Oh God. Oh, finally a good fucking anthology movie. The mortuary collection. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was super psyched for this movie because it was getting good reviews and I was, I, I needed a good anthology movie and I thought this one had excellent style. It was shot so well. Everything comes together to one movie, you know, like not to use scare package as a bad example, but you can tell each segment it was done differently by some, somebody different. This all Kind of, kind of seems like cohesive in a way that it 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 melds together, it melts together. It just felt really good, and I I haven't seen a, an anthology movie that I really really enjoyed for a long time, probably since like back I don't know since VHS two maybe I don't know. <laughs> like then you guys are probably like, man, that that movie sucks. Uh, but <laughs> I like VHS, yeah. Oh, okay. okay, all right. So we're on the, the same page. It's good, rough, but I love the franchise. <laughs> Um, I, I, I love the segments in this. Uh, I love Mr. Krabs, uh, as the wraparound story. Um, for those of you beautifully know, portrayed, <laughs> yes, Clancy, yep. yeah, Clancy Brown, right? How is um, Clancy Brown not done a part like this before? He was perfect. Oh, god, yeah, he was made uh, for that with that voice. I thought it was uh, all the segments were, I'm trying to remember them now. I, I, I they were all just either. Not all of them were were scary, but were either on the the more bizarre side to to where it fit. And That's I just the thought pregnant was, the pregnant frat guy. Yes, yes, <laughs> like not scary, but gross and disgusting, and probably like a, a 
revenge type film or you know so, so, something like that uh, I, I guess it goes just, back to what um, Tad was saying about the last movie if I woke up the next day after having unprotected <laughs> sex with a woman and I was freaking pregnant uh, I'd be horrified <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was good. I don't know if you guys, if anybody else saw it or not, but oh yeah, that's, this is on my it. short list. Like this was one of the ones floating. Like my number ten spot had like five movies mm. that were up in the air. So this literally could have just hopped in instead of host. Uh, it's right there in my actual official top twenty. It is at eleven. So I really did love this one. I love this one too. This is on my list. Spoiler alert, but I won't tell you where. Um, one of my criterias for deciding my list, which helps me narrow it down a lot quicker. Um, did I want to watch this movie immediately after watching it the first time? And this is one of them that I was so ready to hit play again after watching it. <laughs> Mo- um, um, one of the reasons being uh, that I wanted to pay more attention to things. Cause I feel like there's more going on in the movie. I talked about this on a bonus episode. Um, I feel like there's more going on in this movie than, than originally meets the eye. Um, and Dustin, since you weren't on the bonus episode, I want to, want to throw it to you. Um, you noticed that there's one character that is literally in every single story, right? Yes. It's the doctor, the doctor. Yep. I feel like there is a, a whole other story going on in the background of, of all of these stories. And that is the doctor's story and how all of the, all of these stories are your typical EC comics, tales from the crypt, uh, anthology stories where they're morality tales where, mm-hmm. um, you Oh know, yeah. The, you know, the person gets their comeuppance because they've done something wrong or whatever. And this happens with the doctor too. Uh, cause the doctor, um, obviously, um, is, is, um, cheats on his wife because it was the, the woman that, um, steals wallets from the guys that flirt with her at the party. It was his wallet in the first story. Um, he basically helps euthanize, you know, that woman and then, like, <laughs> then tells the guy how to get rid of the body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and his comeuppance is that his freaking child gets killed and eaten. <laughs> so there's yeah. like a whole other story, and I I freaking you know I I mean maybe that's just my interpretation, but that is one of the one of the many many things that made me fall in love with this movie is that there is a whole extra story that's going on, literally in the background of this whole of this whole movie. And you know, the funeral that happens in the wraparound is the funeral for his son. So he's even there in the wraparound. (laughs) It was very, it was clever, but not like punching you over the back of the head. It's like, Hey, look, this fucking character's in every goddamn segment. Oh yeah. It was just, it just worked well. Exactly. Cause again, you know, you blink and you miss it that he's even in the first story. Cause it's just his wallet and his driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's an honorable mention for me. I mean, I I I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that that you guys have said, but the one thing that just kept, you know, that felt like was totally in my face was why hasn't Don Coscarelli 
called up Clancy Brown to be the tall man because that's all I saw Ooh. in this. Ooh, I mean, even maybe. when he got even when he got stabbed, this yellow shit came out of his stomach. And I'm just thinking like, <laughs> oh my God, you're uh, right. it, it's, it's so, I mean, it was like, it was literally, you're hitting me over the head with this, you know, it's just like, oh. he's, he's the new fucking tall man because he could do it because a, I mean, he's got the voice. I mean, he could go boy, you know, I'm just like, wow, cast him, write it. Clancy Brown going, boy, we probably put poop in my pants. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and I just felt like this was um, this. I mean, even though uh, it took place, all the stories took place in a different, you know, time period. I mean, it just this movie seemed like it was like set like in the late uh, maybe late 50s, early 60s. I mean, it just had that sort of feel. I mean, it, did, did you guys get that vibe or? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. They made it timeless. Like, yeah, it, it was hard to pinpoint a year that anything was taking place. And I think that's what helps it because, you know, there's no cell phones, no, you know, you know, modern technologies. Or like the whole town was like an antique store, you know, like everything was just <laughs> sort of like aged. And but I mean, I, I, I did it. It didn't make my it didn't quite make my top 10, but uh, it was very well done. And yeah, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. And yes, Clancy Brown is the new tall man. I said it here. It's good. Anybody else want to say anything? Okay. I'll go on with my number nine then. My number nine, um, this is one uh was kind of uh probably gets some, some bias again, also like Jason was saying, because it's the freshest in my mind, but also had a hard time figuring out where to put it. So it maybe it deserves to be higher than where it's at. But my number nine is Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, basically, so it's a s- small town. The small snow town um, is uh, people are being attacked and killed and dismembered and whatnot. What appears to well, what appears to be a werewolf, and the local police are trying to figure it out. One guy in the in particular, the son of of the sheriff um, who kind of takes over the police force because his dad is getting too old to do it, um, which, oh, my God, talk about heartbreaking uh, with Forrest Whitaker. Um, <laughs> well, not what? It's not Forrest Whitaker. Or um, Robert Forrester. Robert Forrester. God damn it. <sighs> with Robert Forrester. Um, uh, yeah, with what goes on with him in the movie and then how that reflects in real life. Um, but uh, the, what makes this movie great is how funny it is, but it's not, it's not um, scare package comedy. It's not probably, you know, a lot of the other comedies that would, that'll probably end up on my top 10 here. Uh, it's humor lies in, the serious portrayal and reaction of our lead character. He is angry all the time, yelling at everybody and is so snarky. It's freaking hilarious. So funny. Oh, his, when he (laughs) fires that one guy in the meeting, (laughs) Oh my God, it was so funny. And his, his reactions to everything. 
so so goddamn funny um i mean and it gets a little dark with his character because he's a recovering alcoholic and he has a very rough relationship with his teenage daughter and so it gets a little more darker in the third act and you kind of you know i kind of feel like "Eh, this isn't quite so fun anymore (laughs) in the way he reacts to things but uh but you know, all the, it's got a lot of great gore in it. Mm-hmm. Um, those, mm-hmm. those kill scenes are just awesome. And the, the, the leftovers the next day when the cops find the bodies are nice and gruesome and, oh, and it's got, what's her name in it from Garfunkel and Oates. Um, can that, Ricky remember? Lindholm. Yes. I'll, I love her. I'll watch her in anything. She, she is awesome. And so I was pretty pleased to see that she was in this movie and playing it straight as well. Like everybody plays it straight and that's where, the comedy really, really uh, hits home and makes you laugh out loud because, you know, it's not goofball characters being over the top or anything. These are down to earth, real reactions that, you know, just happen to show how real life, silly human beings can be. But this movie was great. And that werewolf looks amazing. The werewolf is amazing. Right. And so I, I'm trying not to spoil. Don't do it. All right. No spoilers. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say was a little bummed at the same time. I get it and I love it, but I think the reason why I'm bummed is because things look so cool that I wanted it. You know, I wanted Uh it to end a different way. God dang it. Uh I can't say anything else. (laughs) Someone else say stuff. I mean, I, I won't say too much because I did a two hour podcast on this one a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I fell in love with this movie when I first watched it. I went in not knowing what to expect and was completely blown away by Jim Cummings, who is the writer, director and lead in this. Um, I keep seeing people compare it to the Coen brothers. I think that's a disservice. I love the Coen brothers and think they're geniuses, but uh, this isn't the same type of humor. It's, it's a little, and I can understand where they're saying like uh, black comedy and it's a little uh, mm-hmm. less obvious. The, the, the humor is um, you're, you're more, uh, I don't know how to even explain it. It's just not on the nose. Like you said, it's, it's not lowbrow humor, but um, there's a lot of emotions in this. It's a drama. It's a comedy. It's a horror movie. It's a little bit of everything. And I just, I adored it. And yeah, uh, you know, just uh, if you if you have Prime, go check out his first movie, Thunder Road. It's just as good, if not better. Um, if you like this, you'll love that, too. And yeah, Jim Cummings is like the new dude on my radar. I can't wait. He already has a new horror movie wrapped and uh, ready to roll to be put out this year or next year. So there's just this wonderful, smart parallel between, you know, the an alcoholic and a person who is a werewolf and losing control, you know, once a month and, you know, doing bad things and not remembering how that night went. And, and it's so smart. It's so good. Yeah. We're Brandy and I were watching it last night and, you know, talking, you know, there, there's a lot of cool parallels with that. And at one point she thought, what if he's, what if he's the werewolf? And I thought, and I told her, I'm like, no, nope, cause then it would just be ripping off wolf cop. Yeah, exactly. Like Wolf Cop, not it, the wolf, yeah. guy. In wolf Cop was also an alcoholic and I a know, cop but. and a wolf. 
I like the fact that there's a, and I won't, and I'll try not to spoil it, but when you look at uh, Jim Cummings, the sheriff, there's a certain look to him that gives you an idea that he might actually be the wolf. I mean, there's like a, it's a, it's a misdirection. And um, I just love that part because it just kept, I kept steering my way back to that. I was just like, is he the freaking werewolf? And um, yeah, the, the humor in this is, is absolutely stellar. I mean, there's the rapport between the sheriff and the deputies and he's asking them questions. He's just like, he just goes, you know what? You really should have studied political science because you are really not good at this. You know, just the, just his delivery in that <laughs> line alone, yes. I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, but I think, I, favorite, I think my favorite bit was when, when the librarian woke him up and scared the shit oh. out. Of him. <laughs> He's like, yeah. you, you, let me give you a little tip. If, if any other police officers are here um, and you do that too, you'll probably get shot. I'm more professional than that, but that'll probably be what happened. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time I'm like, this reminds me so much of Will Forte. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, you wake up a sheriff, you know, reading a bunch of scary shit, you know, and it's like, you might want to, you know, do it a little <laughs> bit different next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't. I won't say much more because um, this. Uh, you'll be. I'm almost for certain that you'll be hearing about this again. But yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. Cool, Dustin. You want to add anything, or you want to save it for? Later? I think. I think you all said it all. It's solid werewolf flick. I liked it. Um, I mean, if anybody's listening, and because we haven't spoiled it, I, I don't watch the trailer. I think it's a disservice to the movie. I think the trailer's fucking dog shit. I watched the trailer twice and I'm like, I'm not watching this movie. But then huh. it kept coming up. It kept coming up. And I watched it. And I'm like, this is good. This is really <laughs> good. Why did I watch the trailer? I do this every year with one movie. I'm like, why did I fucking watch the trailer? Because this trailer is so bad. Oh, anyway, yes, I agree with everything everybody said here is solid flick. I uh, After I watched it, I went and looked up the duder and i'm i really want to watch his first movie because a lot of the reviews were talking about how that one was you know better you know than whatever i don't know so yeah yeah, i'm definitely gonna go check out more for sure sweet okay so now we're moving on to eight man we're we're cooking we're moving along here so number eight uh tad why don't you start us off with what your number eight is my number eight, and I don't have an envelope, is um, <laughs> from director Lee Wanell. It's Invisible Man. Yeah. Um, a new take on a classic universal monster. And um, I won't lie, Invisible Man is not one of my favorites. We've had many interpretations of it. We had Kevin Bacon as a creepy rapist. Um, we've had <laughs> you know, the classic uh, bandage guy. We've had all kinds of stuff. And Chevy Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase and John Carpenter oh, couldn't get it yeah. right. Um, <laughs> but Lee Wanell knocked it out of the park, man. I really, really like this one. This is obviously going to be like my um, biggest budget Hollywood movie on the list. Uh, but I couldn't resist it. It was super tense. One of the few movies I got to see in the theater this year. And I was quick to check it out again when it hit um, on demand very shortly after because it, you know, they made it available to watch at home because of COVID. And 
it was just as tense the second time around and i was uh, stoked to see it again and check out and see more stuff that i missed the first time around uh, a great lead performance a really cool twist on the story to make it more grounded and believable um almost almost like this could really happen and which is creepy and um yeah it's definitely to me was was scary as a story of you know you're it's invisible man if you haven't seen it it's very simple it's a rich asshole and a woman trying to get out of that relationship and he uses his um smarts and money to basically make her life a living hell with a suit that makes him invisible so um it had a lot of really heartwarming stuff with with the lead and uh, her trying to get over this abusive relationship and people thinking she's nuts because she they think that she can't get over this relationship. And there's some really, truly shocking moments of this movie that that really uh, surprised me. I just thought it was so strong from beginning to end. Uh, so um, I think we've talked about it several times on this podcast. But uh, if you're listening to a Best of Horror episode and you haven't seen Invisible Man, come on, what are you waiting on? What makes, to go with what you're saying, what makes this movie work over most other interpretations of the Invisible Man concept is this is a movie that uses the invisibility um, to push along the story and create the actual horror elements and used smartly to misdirect everybody around her into thinking that she's crazy Um you know, like down to blaming her for a murder in a, in a crowded restaurant for crying out loud. Yeah. That's um, the scene I was saying was yeah, totally like, yeah. took me by surprise and was like, oh, Holy yeah. fuck, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they open oh, with God. like the most tense scene ever in a movie, yeah. but her trying to escape the, the house was yeah. like a uh, hold your breath. Uh, holy shit moment too. But man, like that scene, Oh, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, so it really feels like this is a movie that that uses the invisibility for the story and for the horror better than most of the others where a lot of the other movies really focuses on oh, this is what what this would look like if you had an invisible person, like if they ate a sandwich and what would happen or you know, this is their footprints in the snow because this person's invisible, you know, that kind of that kind of thing, but where this movie really uses the invisibility uh, in the story I thought that, and I know I'm just a dude, but like what I felt that with that opening scene and this whole movie is like, I felt that Lee really nailed the abusive relationship stuff. Like really, I don't know, hits home to like. Yeah, I know real. some women yeah. who have seen this and it was like a hard watch for them because. Exactly what wow. I was trying not to say, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Like it, so fucking tense. This guy, mm. and the and the shit that Elizabeth Moss has to go through to get out. Oh, man, man, it's heavy. I, I feel like Lee Wannell can do no wrong at this point. I mean, he has his writing has failed. You know, to you know, hasn't failed to disappoint me. I mean, it's just he's he's so he's so damn good. Um, this, this, I have a feeling that this movie as well will show up later in the list, yep. but I just got to say, it's just like this movie, it, it almost, as, as it progresses, it, it gets more towards 
you know, personal with the the viewer. I mean, I think it, it goes to the age old question. You know, it's like what you don't see scares you even more because after that restaurant scene, I was convinced that this son of a bitch was everywhere. Oh, yeah, you know, he could come up. Nothing. You know, the, you're just like my. Scared. Yeah, it's because like I had like such a sense. It, it screwed with my sense of security while she was in that re- restaurant. And then just out of the blue that happened, I was on, you know, pins and needles for the rest of the film. I was just like, okay, I got to be ready. I got to be ready for anything at this point. And it's just like, and if a movie can do that to me when I'm not really even freaking seeing anything and the music ain't changing, that's effective. Made you watch every inch of the frame. That is effective. Yeah. Never, (laughs) never has an empty frame been so intense. Right. Oh, did everybody get to see this one? I didn't look. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, we all did. Of course. I uh I'll I'll never forget this movie. Um <laughs> I well, it, it's it's kind of hard to say because it brought back some a little bit of normalcy because we were quarantined and still, you know, still kind of are, uh should be anyway. Um it, being at home and like being absolutely fucking terrified and not being able to go out to a theater and seeing this pop up a movie that is supposed to go to the theater yeah pop up on Amazon Prime i know it was 20 bucks i did not care i was like i need <laughs> i need to see i need to see something i need i need some something to be normal yeah and i'm going to watch a horror movie that i should be sitting in the theater watching but watching it at home and that the experience overall just made me feel normal again, even though it's a terrifying story and just having terrifying outcomes kind of made me feel normal. So you guys have kind of already said it all about, you know, like just, you know, abuse, mental, physical, it's all there. Um, But just the experience that I had watching it, I think was something in itself. Yeah, I think that will like be a theme throughout this episode because we've digested movies in a different way this year completely. I mean, I've yeah. seen maybe two or three of the movies on my list in a theater, and that's crazy. Usually, you know, it's things, almost everything I've seen in a theater um, one way or another. And I definitely do think that, you know, factors into things. Um you know, I, I there are certain movies I saw at the drive in that I probably wouldn't have liked as much if I ended up just watching them at home on a Saturday afternoon that right, added right. to the experience. So, you know, that that is cool that, you know, if there's any kind of silver lining to the worst year of our lifetimes, um, you know, is that we can sort of hopefully this is the only time we record this episode and talk about how, you know, we had to see movies at home when they're supposed to hit theaters, but you know, next year Warner brothers whole slate is going straight to HBO max. <laughs> right. So next yeah. year we'll probably be talking about it again. So hopefully be the tail end. Right. All right. So moving on, um, Jason, what's your number eight? Number eight. Speaking of seeing things in a weird way, I didn't want to tell anyone this. I kind of, I got this bootleg and I didn't share it with anyone else. <sighs> Halloween kills. 
Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I just pulled him out. Oh, I just I wanted to practice acting for a second, and that was fun. Um, so just kidding. Dick. <laughs> Tad tat kills Jason. <laughs> yeah. That's what would happen if that was real. Um, but so this will be disappointing now that I said that, <laughs> but, and it's a movie I can't really, it's a crazy that it's on my list, but I freaking loved it. And I think it's really great. And it's the craft legacy. Yeah, I know guys, right? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm not surprised. You went That's to so Hobby Lobby crafting. Right. Man, what nice. a, just a, such a empowering film for gals like me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. So I really, I really freaking liked it. I, I know I just talked about it on a, the other day, but um, yeah. So I guess we decided it wasn't a remake. It was more of a reboot, but I'm just, yeah. So it's a new version. A, a, a requel. A re- <laughs> Right, so it could exist in the same universe with these new four girls, and uh, I just thought it was super freaking solid. Blumhouse, you know, kicked butt. These all four girls are fantastic, and the story's great. And who would have thought David Duchovny could be an a hole? Um, Michelle Moynihan, she's an Iowa alum, so we got to like what she's in. Um, ah, just it was good. It was good. Awesome, and I'm alone on this tree branch. No, I think that once again, sort of Dustin talking about the experience. Maybe even so, this is something that happens every year for me, um, and and once again relates to what Dustin was saying about like Guns Akimbo or Wolf of Snow Hollow. Like when you go in with certain expectations, and that movie isn't that, um, you can either be pleasantly surprised or disappointed. And this one, I didn't have high expectations for, but. I threw it on at like midnight on a Saturday once. Cause I was like, you know, this will probably be something I don't need to like have a hundred percent of my attention on to understand the story. And I was right. And I enjoyed it for what it was. It was easily digestible. It's like, uh, you know, ordering a Domino's pizza. It's not the best pizza, but it's still fucking pizza. Yeah. Well said. I like pizza. Hmm. It, um, I'm trying to think. I've really had a bad pizza. You know. I have had some pretty bad pizza, but like this is this is good Still pizza. Like especially when you're really hungry. Like I thought it was. It, it, like I'm saying, I did not go in expecting much at all, and uh, it's sort of a thing now. Like some of the some of the fandom is pretty toxic, and um, people go after movies when they are even slightly threatened by feminism in a movie, and especially with a reboot. We saw it with uh, the new Black Christmas last year from Blumhouse, and we saw it again with this one. Um, you know, and I think these movies are not made for those people. So, uh, you know, if I just don't get, you know, it's not it's not for that audience. So leave it alone and let people, you know, if I was, I remember the original craft came out when my sister was in middle school and they all thought it was rad and they wanted to get like Ouija boards and shit. Um, 
you know, I hope this did the same thing for a new generation of teenagers who saw it and felt like empowered and not necessarily want to practice witchcraft, but it, it's, it has more to say than that. Cause Tad owns stock and Ouija boards. So he wants the sales <laughs> to go up. Well, they are sending me checks right next to shutter. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but you know, my 10 yeah, and nine were both shutter movies. So yeah, <laughs> Blumhouse is Blumhouse, you know, for this one, Invisible Man, now the craft, you know, they're they're just sending me all the stuff. Well, thanks, a lot of checks for coming from up. Salem, Massachusetts, huh? I'm, I'm glad. Absolutely. And just definitely want to let everyone know that don't be scared off by it, a new craft movie. <laughs> I, I messaged you after I saw you uh, checked it off on the list. And I was like, so the new craft, like, uh, <laughs> and you're like, pretty good. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a watch because I trust your taste and I liked it. So right. it's not in my top 20, but I, uh, you know, it's, it was fun. It was good. I, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm not, I, I didn't see it. Not that I don't want to see it, but because it wasn't. I said a, I liked it. No, yeah. it wasn't a priority to see it. Not because. Oh, it's a new craft movie. Ew, why why do mm-hmm. a remake of the craft? It's it's because oh, it's a new craft movie. I didn't really care for the first one. So um not to say that I wouldn't that I don't want to watch it and not see it. It just didn't it wasn't a priority as far as trying to knock out films for twenty twenty. But uh um thank you, Jason, for mm-hmm. your number eight. Okay, so Dustin, what is your number Andy. eight? Or Andy is next with his number eight. <laughs> eight, eight. <laughs> My number eight for this year is Freaky. Yeah. Freaky. Uh, like I said, just um, I'm knocking my fun ones out of the way uh, from the get go. Uh, so you're going to have a super dreary, like one through five. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, kind of. Well, no, uh, mix and match, really. Um, this was just, like I said, it's just a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I love uh, Vince Vaughn's uh, performance um, as, you know, being a, you know, 16 year old girl uh, just trying to you know he just the way he tries she's trying to adjust to vince vaughn's body saying that he's a giant and like you know and and going to the bathroom and so i mean there's not a whole lot of kills in in this movie particularly by the girl i mean from the get-go we have a few a few good ones you know with like the wine bottle and stuff like that but um, that opening scene was so cool like so so much fun yeah, yeah, and just there's very subtle girl-like things that Vince Vaughn does that I just think is just hilarious. But I mean, it, you just kind of got to catch like he when he's sitting in the back, you know, of that car, and he does like this little shoulder shimmy, like you know, it's just it's very <laughs> subtle, but it's just so damn funny to see him do it. Um, yeah, just and it's uh, this was uh what's the word i'm looking for like not not cultured but very uh it had a very diverse uh cast which i thought was which which i thought was really really good and just you know the the situation at home with the girl's mother and just with with her dad dying it was it was sad and um and of course you know seeing douchebaggy you know football players get messed up that's always fun i always like that um 
Yeah, I mean, it had like it had a lot of the the high school tropes, not just of out of horror. You know, you had like the bitchy, you know, the mean girls and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just uh, it's it's a uh, it's Freaky Friday with uh, with a horror twist, and it's fun. Freaky Friday the Thirteenth. I loved it. Yes, um, I felt like, and, and I spoke about this before. And um, spoiler, I'll speak about it again, but. Uh, it's Vince Vaughn. He was like the biggest thing in comedy for a while. He was the guy. And then um, his sort of um, taste of comedy sort of became unpopular. Like it was phased out. You know, the bro comedy uh, sort of went away for a while. And then he re sort of researched his career in drama. And he's a fantastic uh, dramatic actor as well. If you haven't seen Cell Block, Brawl and Cell Block 99, he's awesome oh, in that. He's so awesome in that. And, uh, and he's, he was in true detective season two, I believe. Um, he's, he's actually a very good actor. And then this reminds you that how, how fun, just how funny he truly can be. Um, I felt like he knocked out of the park. He was a scene stealer. And, uh, I agree with what Andy had to say about the casts being diverse and very funny. And, uh, I just, I, Christopher Landon hasn't done wrong so far. I loved, uh, Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to you and Freaky. Just keep making, just keep turning um, classic like like uh, genre stories into horror movies, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does next. And yeah, he is quickly climbing up the ladder of my favorite directors of this new generation. Um, didn't know until I was doing research on him that he's Michael Landon's son. That's whoa, that's cool. Okay. Um, and he also did Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. So. Oh, yeah. nice. So nice. far, everything I've seen of his, he's batted 100. Um, now, with that said, I have not seen Paranormal Activity, the marked ones that he directed. So I guess we'll wait to see if he's still batting 100. <laughs> Probably not. Um, and he did one called Burning Palms. That that sounded really interesting, too. So I need to check that out. But oh, I'm just loving what this guy is doing. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's right up my alley, right? You know, horror comedy. Um, but I, I'm, I don't want to get in too much into it because spoilers, it's going to show up on my work. <laughs> um, so I, I will say one last thing and let somebody else talk. But uh, um, I did get to see this in the theater. It's the first movie I've seen in an actual movie theater since March. And I'm so happy I got to see it on a big screen. We, we saw the same uh, last movie in a theater and the same first movie back in the theater. So yeah, that's I, true. I love it. Yeah. We did. We did. And, and, they're, and they're sort of linked Friday 13th yeah. and freaky Friday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And who did Jason time, did you say time for Dustin to dunk on it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to dunk on it. I love this. Holy fuck. Shouldn't Vince <laughs> Vaughn be the next uh, Jason Voorhees when he comes busting through that fucking, fucking huge door? Lumbering, dude. Oh, oh yeah. my God. God, I'm like, as soon as that happened, oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, you th- have Vince Vaughn be Jason Voorhees. Like, I don't care if he's not going to act in it. Like, if that's his man- mannerisms that he's going to use, like, as a killer, uh, like, that's perfect. And <laughs> I, I, I agree with the running. Uh, the running when oh. he is the girl is hilarious. <laughs> the, the contrast is uh, what makes that so good is because the, as a killer, he doesn't run. A, a killer never runs. And then 
uh, and he's not even built for it because when he does run, it's awful as the teenager. And at the end of the movie, when he's trying to catch up uh, to them, everybody's running towards the girl who is now the serial killer. He's like out of breath and they're just blowing by him. Like he's not (laughs) built to run his, his running stat is very low. So, I mean, there's, I, I had a, a hell of a time with it. I thought it was fun as hell. Um, Vince Vaughn, you know, I, I, like Tad was saying, I remember back to like the cell and psycho remake, like he Mm -hmm. is excellent in those movies and he's so good. So he's got the chops to act for sure. Yeah. He got kind of maybe pigeonholed into those comedy acts, but he can act when he's in the best scene in the movie, uh, because it has many great scenes, I think is when the mother is talking to him oh, as man. the daughter in oh, the changing yeah. room and he's just like he's just bringing it in you oh, know he's i had emotional. yeah i like, did not expect to get like emotional during this movie and yeah that, that was, was such an excellent scene dude. right um i loved it i loved it just as much as you guys did lots of fun makes the kid wet his pants in the uh the bathroom by just lifting him <laughs> yeah. up because I mean, like, Vince Vaughn is like what six five, you know? And he just hoists this kid up. He's just like, if you ever, you know, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm we, yeah. I'm gonna move on before I say something <laughs> more because I want this. This is gonna be talked about more. Um, I just know it. Okay, so now, Dustin, what is your number eight? Oh, number eight. Okay, hold on. Well, I'm out of I'm out of fucking envelopes. You know, I'm on a budget here. Okay, so let me see. Let me get my dice here. All right. Oh, 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 oh. All right. There it is. Number eight. Uh, Becky. <laughs> hey. hey, Becky. I never thought Kevin James would make it on our list. Holy shit! Oh my right? gosh. He's out out of fucking nowhere, Kevin James. Oh, like, holy cow. Good. I uh, I I heard this was good. And uh, another trailer that I wish I hadn't watched. Mm. Um, Kevin James steals this movie and so does the little girl. And it is about them and it should be about them. But a lot of, I mean, another role, what's the dad? Uh, you know, a lot of people um, kind of out of their wheelhouse in this. Um, the dad is oh, yeah, a funny guy um, too. Shit from community. Uh, um, yes. What's his name? I don't know where his don't name. Know. Why Just, am I so bad at names? Any- dude or man, dude. I don't know. Like that's, yeah, he, yeah. he does an excellent job too for something that's, you know, more drama, uh, you know, more scary related. Uh, this, I'm trying to remember the plot, but, uh, I just didn't remember that, uh, the family, uh, now with a, a new mother and son, um, coming into Becky's family, go out to a cabin that's, uh, more for her nostalgia with her mother who has passed away. You know, it's that whole story where dad introduces a stepmom and step, uh, brother, and she's just not vibing with it. And so she kind of goes out and does her own thing. Meanwhile, this, I don't even know what his group is like this weird, like neo-Nazi, uh, like religious type group come to their home. And it's, I guess we can count it as like a home invasion. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the whole, uh, home invasion scenario goes down, but Becky, who is a little girl, uh, <laughs> takes over and, uh, puts these, uh, 
again, I don't know what to call them, neo-Nazis, puts them down and uh, does it uh, very efficiently. <laughs> uh, excellent wall, movie. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I love this movie too. It's it's going to be on my list as well. Um, oh, it's so good. I think, I feel like this is the year for like asshole children in movies. You know? <laughs> I mean, granted, you, you love Becky, don't get me wrong, but... Better than children assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different well, kind of movie. Not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many movies I watched for this year that had just like evil, nasty children in it. But, um, but this one is freaking amazing. And yeah, what's that actor's name? Jason um, Robert Maylett. Yeah, he was my probably one of my favorite characters. You know, because I feel like he, because he's one of the neo-Nazi guys, but he, you know, doesn't want to hurt the little girl and, you know, kind of has. He's done everything, character actor, all, in makeup a lot and always. He's, 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 he's very vulnerable. Yeah. Yep. Thank yeah. you. He's a very vulnerable. It's a leading role. It's cool. <clears throat> but in Kevin James, it's pretty ballsy to cast two comedic act it's one it's one thing to cast a comedic actor in something serious but then you know cast two comedic actors in this serious movie without with you know with you know there's got to be no funny dialogue no, they're not being funny there's at all nothing funny going on in this movie um you know you would just you would see those names on a poster and instantly think there's going to be comedy in it right so, um pretty ballsy to uh not only one, but two comedic actors and hundred percent right. They're both great. You know, I've always been a Kevin James fan, honest, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. honestly, all the way back to his stand up days. Um, so it was really cool to get to see him do something like this. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, I can't think of a time where a third movie in a series. I mean, the first two Paul Bart movies were not my wheelhouse, but this third one, <laughs> you know, it, it, like just the rails. Wild. Yeah. So much better. I can't think of a franchise where they it peaked at the third movie, but <laughs> all Blart neo Nazi. <laughs> if I had one criticism, uh, maybe a little bit too much CGI blood. You know, I I, I hope I wish it could have went a little bit more practical, not that end. It would have. I think it had a better impact. Um, but I think overall, yeah, this this was one of my favorite for the year. Very very cool. Very cool. Jason, did you have anything to add? Nope. I agree with everything you said. I love it. It's great. It's awesome. Must watch it. So then my number eight is probably going to be um, the one that's I'm maybe catch everybody off guard out of my entire top 10 list oh. for those who know me. But my number eight is Vivarium. Whoa. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you feel about this, this movie. Again, fun. another asshole children, another asshole child. See? <laughs> See, this is the year of asshole children in movies. Um, I love this movie. The, now, um, Dustin's been complaining about the trailers. Uh, the trailers what sold me on this one. Uh, right out of the gate. The con just the concept alone of the first half of the trailer of people getting lost in one of those newer development areas is a freaking reality fear, man. Cause I have gotten lost in those things before. That is a real thing. Maybe not to the extreme of this movie, but, uh, but I, I just, I love the kind of the, you know, 
um, fake reality and avant-garde look of this whole community with the greenhouses and the obviously fake clouds in the sky. And, you know, Jesse Eisenberg is awesome as always. And there's so many, so many um, meanings and messages and themes going on in this movie that I really, really dug. Um, and, and, and if you know me, I'm not, I'm not a message, uh, a message um, over um, plot type of guy. Uh, will I much, you know, you got to give me a story if you, you know, I will um, find your hitting meaning in your movie um, all day long, but you still have to give me a story. And I still thought this was an intriguing story that kept me captivated um, the whole time as these people cannot get out of this situation. Um, so I just really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I mean, it's about a couple. Um, they're looking to get a house together and they, they go to this really weird um, community to look at this house and they just can never leave. And they end up, you know, sort of kind of being forced to raise this child and the child is really weird. And um, Andy's favorite character in the movie. <laughs> Fucking motherfucker. I feel like, yeah, me and Andy relate on this where it's like, um, well, I mean, I'm very open with the fact that I never desire to ever have a child in my life or even in my house. But, um, Touché. this, this movie, uh, plays on that a hundred percent. And I'm a claustrophobic and very, nervous person in this movie like fucked with me bad the whole time I wanted to turn it off and I yep. like had to go do something at the end but that was what they were going for it hit me it hit me right in the nerves and I'm ugh, I don't want to ever see it again I don't want to ever see it again either and I don't think I ever had so many scenarios of wanting to harm a child going through my head <laughs> in my entire life <laughs> this movie is the uh, best birth Oh, holy shit, that little prick. Um, <laughs> but, he was I, but, but the thing is, too, I cannot... We talk, it's obviously not his voice. And anytime he talked, I just thought it was really creepy. Yeah, a little George McFly with a ball sack growing out of his neck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, Mike, I are just, you going to buy the, this? Are you going to watch it again? That's the thing, you know, I... You know, both, Andy, both Andy and Tat, I was, I was going to say that, you know, that, you know, again, was this a movie I would watch again? Absolutely. And another criteria for my top 10, is this a movie I want in my collection? Absolutely. So it's interesting that I want to watch it again and both Tad and Andy never want to have anything to do with this movie again. <laughs> I, but but I, I will say oh, this, no, it I was very, it. it was very, very well made and I cannot deny the effect that this movie had on me so therefore i mean is it a it's 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 effective in in terms of you know horrifying me i'm just like jesus christ i don't ever want to be in this situation ever you know it's just like when you guys i think i mentioned this before it's like it's when you guys had me watch open water and i'm with the person imagine being with the person that you love most in this world and you have no way of helping them you're stuck in this situation and i mean the only positive upswing is that you're not going through it alone but god damn what a morbid piece of work <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah, it had a lot of the um, 
what if scenarios. You know, like when I watched it, I was thinking, what would I do in this situation? And those characters pretty much do what I would do when I would do it. Burning down the house, uh, you know, throwing away all the shit, body slamming the kid. I would have done all of that. (laughs) I'd have done that from the get go. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just some neat visuals in this movie too. That moment when the, I guess, alien kid like lifts up the street to crawl up underneath mm. it. That was Ooh. just cool looking. That, that was, was very cool. I will yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. This is another example of what I was saying earlier, where this year has a lot of really creative, crazy shit. And this is, yeah, this is definitely in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. And I think that maybe that's why I appreciate it so much. Cause it is so creative, both visually and in the, in the story. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just captivated by the sets in this, and yeah, they turned a nightmare into a movie. Yeah, As, like a, <laughs> the yeah. the suburban they take yep. the suburban dream and turn it into a suburban nightmare, and that I loved that theme. So, moving on to number seven, we're at seven already. Nice, Tad. What's your number seven? My number seven might be a controversial one. I can already tell because we've had a bit of discussion on what is and what isn't horror. And this one would probably be higher if it was more horror. So my, um, the way I sort of judge things too is like this one was really, really fantastic, but it, I wouldn't necessarily call it a straight horror. So it cannot be close as close to the top. Otherwise, it's one of my favorite movies of the year, and it is from director Andrew Patterson. It is The Vast of Night. Mm. Um, this movie was so cool. A, a uh, single shot movie, basically uh, following a uh, radio broadcaster um, through a small town in the 50s, I think it was, 50s or 60s, and um, some strange shit starts happening in town, and they're limited to the technology of their time as to figure out what it is there's a switchboard operator who is trying who's getting calls of um, suspicious sort of ufo activity um this one to me was like if like dustin was saying with uh guns akimbo and that would be like what he would direct i would love to do something like this it was just so simple and gorgeous and um i just i can't say i i've uh you know had verbal diarrhea over this one every time I talk about it. Uh, if you, you know, if you've listened to the show before I spoke about it when I saw it and I spoke about it when, you know, Jason saw it, um, we probably rambled on for a half an hour about it. I love this one. Yeah. This was the first time I saw it too. And it was the last thing I watched and it, uh, I rated it very high, but it like, yeah, again, I, I didn't really count it count as a horror movie. I kind of, I was getting a lot of like Steven Spielberg vibes, you know, I just yeah. it felt like a real adventure mm-hmm. and the dialogue is like butter. It just, mm. everybody is so good at what they're saying right. and their characters are so developed. Even the ones that hardly have any screen time are so good. It's just, everything looks like it. It's supposed to that gym. I, I, 
yeah. have pictures from my mom went to high school. That gym is to the T of what that high school looks like. Like it's everything's perfect. And I wish it was more on the horror side so I could put it on my list because it would be very high, but it just didn't, this didn't have that, that particular vibe for me to, to put it on there. But man, this was so fucking good. I, I can't agree. I can't agree more. I mean, it didn't make my list, you know, for the same reasons you guys just specified, but I was, I was mesmerized by this movie and I, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for time oriented pieces, you know, everything they, they got, you know, down to wardrobes to soda bottles and just like, I like, I like old gadgets and gizmos just to that, just looking at that switchboard, I just thought was just, mm-hmm. it was cool the way, the way it operated the, the recorder. The, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the, the cars and I was going to mention the gym, you know, because, you know, it, it gives that small, you know, small town feeling. And of course they're in New Mexico, which is, you know, close to Roswell and everything. And I almost feel like this would be like, almost like some sort of very great, uh, pilot or like really good companion piece to like the X files. Um, at least that's that's the that's the vibe that I got. But uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Just I mean, I you, you really got the impression, and and this must be like the one shot sort of feel. You really got the impression that you were just you were there with them. You were just you were you were running along with them, and you were you were just you were you were on this trip to you know to get to the bottom of whatever what was going on, and it just it engaged me a lot more than I thought it was going to. And that makes a damn good movie, in my opinion. Yeah, the way it was shot really helps lend that feeling. You know, you really are with them and following them along. It's really great storytelling. I mean, when the guy is telling the story over the radio, we have zero visualization of it. Mm We're just in our head. And this is what I always liked about Pontypool for the same reason. Somebody telling a story over the radio and you just have to absorb it and you have your own image in your head of what is happening and how it's told. And that first story of the man calling in and telling how things went down when he was in the military is excellent. Like that's you're you're in it. If you're not in it after that long ass shot through the you kind of see the scale of the town. When it you know it weaves in and out of houses and, mm-hmm. and eventually to the radio station, if that doesn't pull you in, uh, the the story will of that being over the radio, and then if that still doesn't pull you in, you're probably like brain dead or something. So, but either way, excellent stuff. Speaking of, I heard Mike turned this one off. Oh, <gasps> Mike, yeah, explain Mike, yourself. About to be fisticuffs. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> you son of a. <laughs> I finished it. I see it colored in on the thing. So I, I was finished ask. it. I stopped for the same reason why it's on <laughs> it. Why it's not on the majority of you fuckers list. Okay. Cause sorry, it's not a horror movie. It's a great fucking movie. Um, yeah. Um, same reasons I didn't watch um, guns of gumbo or whatever that one was called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, because like, I wanted to make sure I got like horror movies 
Well, and you know, and I know it's subjective. It, it is all subjective. So for me, this wasn't a horror movie. Now I want to see the kid from Gummo with the hands, uh, with guns bolted to his hands. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but it is a great it's, movie. I, I like the comparison to something like Steven Spielberg. It definitely has that feel. I felt like dialogue wise, it was very Robert Altman. So that was, that was really cool. I mean, I, I just, I, and I'm always a sucker for just but fast paced, rapid fire this, dialogue. This could be, this could be considered fear of the unknown though, is what it is. Sure. And the closest thing for me to horror was the scene with the old lady and her telling her story. You know, it was, it was definitely mm. very, um, as far as the way it was shot, it was very atmospheric and it was, you know, it was, it was kind of creepy, but you know, I, you know, I, but the whole movie is very subject or, uh, suggestive. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come out and show or say anything. It's just all talking really to me. Like as a kid, there was nothing scarier than unsolved mysteries. And this uh, would mm-hmm. be on there. Um, and to me it qualifies because of, you know, that, like Andy said, the unknown, um, real life situations in, in a time where they could not get on a cell phone and text somebody and, and it wouldn't be all over social media and the news. Um, you know, it, to me, it, it is scary, but I complete, that's why I started this off. I said it will be controversial because, yeah. um, I know that it's not straight horror. And, um, if it was, it would be higher on my list because it, it's right up there in my, probably my top three movies of the year. I, I adore it that much, but I put it lower on my horror list because of it loses points for not being strictly horror. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it was it's a it is a great movie. I loved it. I I really enjoyed it. I love all the elements of it. Um, the you know the era uh, is is always fun. Uh, and you know in the fifties, I just I love the small town feel of everything to where you can literally run anywhere you want to in this town because she does uh, over and over again. When the guy is driving a car and then has to. Up in the car to go pick her up because she's running to the next house that she's <laughs> going to get the baby from or whatever, you know. So I, you know, so there's some there's some uh, humor in there that I also feel is very character driven comedy. Kind of going back to what I was saying about um, whatever movie was we were talking about before. Um, oh, the the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, that it it it's it's funny because it's real and uh, you know. And the radio stuff, I love, you know, all the, the the radio station stuff from that era, and the switchboard stuff was fun to watch. And um, I mean, I could have watched ten minutes of her pulling those cords and popping in there. Was <laughs> right, fascinated with that, with the way that was in the day. And a ten minute dialogue scene of just one shot on her at the switchboard. Oh yeah, yeah. So good. And and that's the thing, you know. They, they always say show don't tell, you know, but this is, this is a dialogue driven movie and it, uh, it really works. So it's thumbs up for me. Uh, just didn't make my list cause you know, things and y'all can watch it on Amazon prime. So Jason, what's your, yeah, definitely watch it. Uh, Jason, what's your number seven? My number seven is the Richard Stanley comeback film. <laughs> color out of space man this was so fun i i wasn't sure i was gonna like it you know because i don't do drugs 
So I was worried. <laughs> I'm a little worried at first. Just a bit, this is a, as close as you get. Uh, it might be, and it's a safe way. Hey, you to don't do have drugs. to do drugs because you saw this movie. That's true, and maybe I shouldn't. But um, we just talked about this on the last episode. Two, yeah, last the last episode, one, comet, it was a comet episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but man, uh, I, I'm not. I'm personally not a uh, wrapped up in the Nick Cage hype myself. I'm not. I mean, he's great. Sure. I don't disagree, but um, was Mandy on your list last year or the I, year before? Was. Really? I, 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 I'm not saying Mandy it's a bad was on mine, definitely. No, I, mean, I like Mandy honestly, a lot. I'm shocked I, though that it's not because visually it would be. A, I would think it would be a movie. I know you are. You're more captivated by the visuals, but yeah, like I said, Lavinia definitely was the star of the show, and she was amazing to watch and. I hate, I just, like I said on the episode, I'm like, Tommy Chong was awesome. A yeah. sentence I never said until the last episode. <laughs> but, uh, well, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I know all you guys got a hard on for this movie. Um, well, you can <laughs> probably skip my number seven because my number seven is also hey. colored out of space. Nice. Uh, loved, loved this movie. Um, just how everybody is reacts different to the meteor landing. Um, Lavinia eventually starts cutting herself. Um, Nick Cage, you know, is the raging Cajun and he goes back to, uh, he starts splitting personalities with his father which you know his him talking to lavinia is just hilarious you know why don't you get the fuck out of here um <laughs> i was hoping <laughs> that that's good um just i mean and visually this this movie is is gorgeous uh and like you said tommy chong uh and you knew yeah yeah right um <laughs> Just, I mean, and then the wife and uh, what's this, uh, Jack, I believe, uh, just meshing together and just forming this really just uh, only only from the mind of uh, Lovecraft can, you know, this creepy damn thing, you know, who's, you know, just saying mommy and just, ugh, God, that Maybe thing's the most horrific scene slash moment in all of these movies from and- this year. I'm sorry. In so cinema powerful. history, of I've never seen a creature so disturbing and hideous and creepy yet so sympathetic. Mm. Yeah, mm. and you know the way she's lapping up water, it just like God. <laughs> it just it made me you know, and you know, of course, you know, you know the the llama, you know, society, you know looked like something out of slither made llama i don't know decoupage <laughs> whatever it was I'm, I'm glad that thing got shot that thing was just nasty um and nicholas cage being nicholas cage i mean it's just it's a car crash that you cannot help but but want to watch and then rewind and then just watch it over again because you just what am i watching um yeah, color out of space. My number seven as well. Uh, so you won't you won't need to call on me. Uh, like it every you know because I watched it before we had to watch it for the podcast last time, and I and I I loved it even more the second time around. So thumbs nice. up for Lovecraft on Shutter too, right? 
Yes, yeah. on Shutter. Thank you. Send a check. <laughs> uh, I, I was lucky enough to see this in theaters. I cannot believe this movie came out this year. It feels like I watched it a fucking lifetime ago. And uh, I saw it in a sold out showing at film scene with a group of people. And like Dustin said, that that really added to the uh, first showing that was like people reacted at the right times. Uh, seeing it with a, with a huge crowd was perfect. And then um, I was a little scared to watch it again for the podcast and I revisited it. And much like Andy, I enjoyed it maybe even more the second time because I caught a lot more that I must have missed you know, while people were laughing at Cage or reacting to things, uh, watching it alone and being able to sort of absorb more. Um, this is one that I will own. And, you know, this is one I will rewatch, even though it has a lot of nightmare feel to it. And anybody know what the brand of car that was that they drove? It's apparently it was I, a Volvo, wasn't it? No, yeah. it was a 1987 cocksucker. Cause that's what uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah i like this movie too i mean i feel like um it didn't make my top 10 unfortunately Hmm. maybe because i hate this movie oh my god it probably turn it off after five minutes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) hey i already own it on blu-ray so there you go do you not consider it horror no, it's very and horror. When, I think it's um, it's like I said on the 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 uh, comment episode. Never have I ever seen um, the color pink be so creepy. Uh, I and my uh, the biggest for me the biggest heartbreak of the whole movie. Yes, the 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 mutated child mom monster was very heartbreaking. But just what happens to the boy. In mm. this movie, I feel like he is shit on through the entire movie, even before the craziness happens, that he can't catch a break. And how many times does he get yelled at for not locking up the the um, alpacas? alpacas. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's 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 screwing with his sense of time. He just everybody is affected differently in this, yeah. you know. And then and then what happens to him in the movie too? It's just like. Uh, my heart went out to him more than anybody else. Well, of course, the mom, you know, lopping off her fingers and saying dinner's ready. It's just like, oh, anytime, anytime there are vegetables in a horror movie, I automatically just get squeamish because I know somebody's, you know, <laughs> fingers are going to get messed up. It's just like vegetables, I'll, fingers gone. Okay. It's just a formula. You. I'll be honest with you. Um, that might have been almost the the part of the movie that took me out. Is it, it? It felt. I mean, and this is this was, was that before the meteor hit. I can't remember. I think it was after. Was it after? So I guess you can write it off as things are already starting to go a little crazy, or these people are already starting to go a little crazy. But they're so blasé about it. You know, before, during, and after. You know. And I'm sorry, what what parents are not going to take the children with them when they all you know, go to the hospital, when they go to the hospital to put her finger back on? They like, got to take kid- care of the alpacas. <laughs> Fuck the alpacas. Mom lost a finger. You know, I mean, if, I, if it was me, I would have made, well, I would have wanted to make sure I was there at the hospital um, with my mom for crying out loud. So I don't know. It, it's a minor thing, but, you know, it felt a little, it, 
you know, the characters felt a little odd in that scene, but hey, I really just want to like, He's Whenever I just almost want to buy tomatoes so they can go bad, so I can eat them like Mick Cage and slam them into the fucking you know <laughs> container in the kitchen. Sounds like a I love that uh, scene. attacker bonus video. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin, what do you want me to well, do? I, no, I no, no, I. Uh, this was this is good. I'm. It feels like I've watched it a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why that is, but it. I liked it. I I think you guys maybe are a little bit uh, uh, hard on Nick Cage on this, though. I don't think he does anything out of character to the point where it's. Um, I think he's very subdued. In this, yes. Yeah, no, yeah no. I I I feel like he plays it right. He plays it correct. Um, he's not he's not over the top, Nick Cage. Although his actions are over the top, but I think that's what it would be in this scenario. And I think he does an excellent job in this. I like this movie way. I don't want to compare it to Mandy, but I liked it way better uh, than Mandy. I think his performance in this is a hundred times better. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very believable, very realistic. And I think if I were to watch this in a setting with a bunch of people, I probably wouldn't be pointing and laughing at Nick Cage. I would probably be throwing up in a bucket because those two people were fucking fused oh, together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think him going crazy on the tomatoes and him yelling <laughs> about the alpacas were the two moments that the, the crowd uh, <laughs> loved, you know, laughed at Nick Cage. Other than that, it was pretty damn quiet because uh, people were just sort of horrified. But after he goes off on the tomatoes, you know, and he's and his wife is yelling at him to like fix like the what's the the reception for like yeah, the, the router, router, and he's just like he's slamming down, slamming down, and then he just instantaneously just calms down and just goes, oh yeah, I think that's a good idea, honey. You know, <laughs> just like, what the <laughs> hell? He just completely flatlines. It's just okay. It's a little out there. So, okay, so Andy already had his number seven, right? So yep. we got, du- where Dustin, what is your number seven? Oh, is it my turn? Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I have to, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to dig deep for this one. Hold on. Let me get out my, uh, <laughs> my uh, metal detector here. Where are you, de- where are you digging? Uh, all right, let's see. Where is it? Where? Oh, I'm getting closer. Oh, oh, fuck. There it is. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. There it is. I found it. I think I found it. Yeah, I found it. Sorry. Uh, it's Love and Monsters. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I don't know how many of y'all saw this, but this right. was another big budget um, uh, horror movie, monster movie. I was excited to see a monster movie. Um, it is definitely about love and it is definitely about monsters and it has both of those things. The title does not lie. Nice. Um, the monsters in it are badass. They're CGI, but they look really fucking cool. Uh, I liked the main character. It's a post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's got, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? All, all I can think is, uh, Russ Wheeler. Um, from Days of Thunder, uh, Henry, what the Michael fuck Parker. is his name? Yes, yes. Um, 
Sorry, I just blanked out. Here, uh, I love it. All of his um, he went with Days of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I thought this movie was excellent. It's it's sad uh, in some parts. A lot of horror movies this year disguised as dramas, um, but this was just a, a, a kid uh, going on an adventure through a land that has been riddled with monsters that are from a comet. So it's kind of old school in a way, or not a comet. Uh, I'm trying to remember it. They uh, there was a comet coming towards earth so we sent all our nukes up to blow it up but then it rained down chemicals and it turned like insects and things into giant bugs and so he's pretty much traveling like just 40 miles i think which you know if you were following a road probably would take maybe you know a couple days or so but he's this is a an incredible trek across uh some harsh landscape uh, to get to his girlfriend that uh, he had before the uh, apocalypse and that's that's pretty much the run of the mill of the story. But uh, he has an adventure. Uh, he meets up with a dog, which uh, is the saddest thing ever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not watching. It's, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it it's really good. Uh, I, not to spoil it, but um, I I rent. I this was another theater movie that I rented that was expensive. Um, but I thought. It was super solid, enough to be in my list, and had all of the things to uh, not just horror, but still be enough to be on the list. Did anybody else check it out? Yeah, from the, our I list, it looks not. like nobody had yeah, seen it. Well, oh, it. bummer. That's the radio okay. on this one. Gosh, yeah. don't know about it. Uh, I remember seeing this on Bloody Disgusting, uh, and this had to be right before... Uh, the pandemic. So it was another one that was supposed to probably make some money out, out on the theaters. Um, but it's, uh, I just, I don't know. I just had, obviously it had to come to streaming and it's a big budget movie. I think it's a universal movie. I could be wrong. And, you know, they sunk some money into this one and it's, it's gory. Uh, it's sad and it's funny. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those popcorn horror movies and it's i had an excellent time with it enough to be number seven yeah it has like a 91 percent on rotten tomato so it oh. you know it's it's uh well liked i would suggest everybody i i think it's right in our in your audience's wheelhouse for sure if, I they, think everybody. if they kill a dog i'm not watching it no they don't no it's there's uh the guy meets up with the dog and i won't spoil it but uh the dog saves him from a monster uh, but the dog saves him because he thought it was his old owner and they go oh, back to the dog's Jesus, area. No, no. <laughs> the owner has be worse. He carries his owner's dress around with him. The oh, dog does. It's so oh, fucking sad. I can't. Uh, I'm going to cry now. Just hearing it. <laughs> no, it's so good though. It's so good. And it, you'll love it. And I, I, this one is low on my list. Lower. I think I might buy this one. I just had a really good time with it. Cool. Cool. Where, where did you see it at? I watched it here at home. It was at one of those. Uh, I'm sorry. A th- I called it a theater movie. It, I watched it on Amazon Prime. It's on Prime. Like a but they have theater that, at home. Yeah, they had that theater. early access. Yeah, because it's one I um, want to check out. I just want to know where where it's at. So. Yeah, I I think everybody here would probably have a really good time with it. Awesome. So my number seven, um, going back to one mentioned earlier, my number seven is Becky. Um, with a good hair, yeah. 
Yeah, what? (laughs) Becky with the good hair. For the same reasons we uh, just talked about. So, so moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's my number seven. So, uh, it's time for number six. But we're gonna take a quick break. Oh, we gotta stretch our limbs a little bit. And you're gonna, we're gonna take a break so you can hear about our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, full of so many awesome shows. You gotta check it out, folks. Check it out at the P- or wait, wait, what's a, what's the website? We got so many websites. The PFPN. The PFPN.com. Yeah. So it says it in the jingle. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, now it's time for number six, six, six. Tad, what's your number six? <laughs> My number six is from director Brandon Cronenberg, and it is Possessor. Woo! Oh, man, this movie is fucked up. Um, another, you know, it doesn't, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree with Cronenberg's. He's got another body horror movie. Um, this one uh it's sort of hard to even explain, but basically it's set in the future of this company. You can hire somebody. It's sort of like hiring a hitman, but they plug you in sort of like the matrix into someone else's body and you sort of live their life. Uh, and people pay this company to go after, um, high profile clients and murder them. So it can't just be like, you know, walk up to them in the street and shoot them. They have to sort of, uh, get into their life somehow. And, play uh in someone else's body and um as you would guess from just seeing the word cronenberg in the credits things do not go as planned and things get really fucked up fast and it is a mind fuck and uh great and it's visually great uh great performances great gore terrifying go watch possessor it's awesome Completely agree. Um, I wished I, I couldn't find a spot for it in my top 10, but I definitely am 100% with you on that. But, Tad. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I, it goes to me with uh, Mike's criteria. I don't think I could watch this one again. It's, it's you know, it's heavy and hard and rough. But, like. Did everybody watch the uncut version? I'm just curious. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But, Tad, help me. Help me convince Mike to watch it. Cause I think he's like hesitant. Well, here, well, yeah, I would love <laughs> give me a pitch, but I'm just, I just want to say, cause we talked about it a little before recording. My thing is, it's like, it's, it's been the past couple weeks now of doing nothing but watching 2020 horror movies and some, some deep, deep stuff and some disturbing stuff. And, some sad stuff and horrific stuff. And I'm just, I'm ready to be done and watch some light stuff for a while. I mean, granted most of my top 10 is kind of light stuff uh-huh. in general, 
So that should tell you something. So when you yeah, guys were, talk- I'm going to need like a, a home alone chaser after this. Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys were talking about possessor, well, I can't remember when now, but you know, the Cronenberg thing obviously is intriguing, but it kind of scared me off at least for now. Um, I don't know because maybe there's something wrong with me because I will definitely watch this again. Um, I would not watch Vivarium again, and you said you want to own that one. Yeah. So our fe- I guess I think our fears maybe is just sort of your fears might be different than mine, where I would rather watch, you know, um, people get violently murdered than um, see a, a fucking kid like annoy someone. Um, <laughs> or uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I agree with like, you there. I, I no spoilers. This is not on my list, um, but I just keep thinking about this one. The deeper you dig that Mike suggested, I watched that one yeah. and I never want to see that again. That is the saddest fucking movie I watched this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is ble- bleak, bleak, bleak. I mean, just Jesus Christ. Uh, I just can't, you know, it just bummed me the fuck out. I had to watch uh, something right away after it to get it off of my mind but um oh i you agree. know that's, I this is not that the deeper you dig is it, i thought it was a really good movie but it's oh, obviously fantastic obviously not movie. Movie. yeah for the reasons you're saying but possessor was like it's gorgeous mm-hmm. um the the cinematography is gorgeous in this one the performances are great uh i was a little afraid i like i I had to build it up for myself because um, there are several times I want to sit down and watch it. And I knew I wasn't in the right mindset. Uh, I even suggested it to somebody before I saw it. I was like, I bet this will be something you'd like. They saw it text me. They're like, Holy fuck. And I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. And he's like, get to it. Uh, and let me know after you've watched it. And uh, I finally did get to sit down and watch it. And I was, you know, in the right mindset for it, but it was not, it's not necessarily disturbing to me. It was really cool. And I was a little worried that it was going to be too heavy on the story, like uh, confusing, like uh, sometimes maybe like, uh, you know, something Chris Nolan would do in a way, but um, I understood what was happening. It wasn't as heavy in story as I was expecting, but it was, it's, it's a good one, man. I, you you should at least see it once. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the new thought too, didn't you? Yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, that's why I was asking, making sure everybody watched the uncut version because I don't know what a cut version would look like. I was kind of curious, like what they could, yeah. uh, how they could have made it and cut some of that stuff out. Uh, you know, I uh, I couldn't find a place on on my list either. Um, I don't know. You know, it just didn't bother me as much. I know that there's a lot of fucked up shit in there and a lot of fucked up things happen, but I was rooting for absolutely no one. Like I just, I like, I don't that, care. Yeah. I don't care what happens to these people. They're almost all kind of awful and they're mm-hmm. nobody sold me. So I was just kind of along for the ride. So whatever happened as brutal as that may have been, didn't affect me as much. Maybe if they had made me be rooting for at least someone. Uh, yeah. A, a, a t- ending that's very sad, but then again, I just, it was kind of like, eh, yeah, it's bleak. I don't know. They yeah. played this at my, at the bluegrass drive-in and I didn't get to see it. Uh, 
but this is not one I would have wanted to see at the drive-in after I saw it. <laughs> that at would home. be weird. Right. Like I go to the drive-in for a popcorn movie and I, yeah. you know, it trying to focus on this story and seeing it at a drive-in would have been weird. I'm, I'm just, I bet that was the R rated version um, rather than the uncut version. But uh, I just, I'm glad I waited to watch it at home in my own, you know, solitude by myself. Yep. I'll get to it. Uh, Jason, <laughs> what's your number six? My number six is scare me. Yeah. Now we're, <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Cause it's yep. comedy. <laughs> exactly. Again, you know, you could say, is it horror? But cause it's definitely way more comedy, but go as spoilers. That one's number 16 on my list. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, it's just uh, we've talked about it, but uh, there's a couple writers that find themselves in a power outage, and to pass the time, they tell each other stories, and it it has the setup like an anthology, but it's really them two just acting out these stories that they tell each other and play the parts in each other's stories. And my goodness, it is just fun. Yeah, another one of those movies I've talked. I keep bringing it back up, but it's another one of those concepts that's really creative and cool. Yeah, and it's very yeah. simplistic and effective. Yes. Yep. One location, two people. Well, at one point, three people. But oh yeah, Chris Red just too funny. <laughs> and Aya, Aya Cash. Everything that I've seen her in, and I've mentioned before. You know, she's Stormfront on the boys, and she's just—I mean, she's she's a great actress. Yeah, too good because when you told us that last time, she was Stormfront. <laughs> my pants, I couldn't. I'm like, holy crap, that is the same actress. And the snarkiness. She also played. Yeah. Uh, uh, she also played Leonardo DiCaprio's. Uh, it's a small role. Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, secretary in The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh shit! I don't remember her in that. Yeah, she, you, you uh, want a job? You talk to me. Yeah, she's screaming out like all these stockbrokers that are trying to get a job. You can find this movie on Shudder, Kaching for Tad, and <laughs> yeah, I totally love this fun, fun movie. I love getting people to watch it. It's another movie on the list here that stars the director. So interesting, mm-hmm. and he's great. They're yes. they're all great in this. Yeah, it's it's a great you have movie. to be when it's just two people telling stories back and forth. But they do a lot of really cool stuff with the camera work and yep. the audio and the lighting to emphasize almost like you're just waiting any minute for things to go into like a flashback of uh-huh. the what you're what they're telling and actually seeing it. But it never does. It just stays with them. Um, you know, just Doesn't great. Need it. No, it doesn't need it. No. And that's what's great about it. You do so much with so little. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just for that. Yeah, that's my number six. Dustin, you saw it too, right? Yeah, I did. I I absolutely loved it. Sweet. And we'll just leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It might might be coming up. (laughs) I know it's I have have spoken. Sorry. He waits till later to dunk on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, what's your number six? I have a feeling that this is going to be, this is my wild card. Um, 
but uh, it's just totally my kind of movie. And again, maybe one might argue that this is a horror film and only one other person actually watched this. And he's probably going to dunk on it, but uh, I don't care. I really, really <laughs> liked it. It's called The Platform. Uh, I've heard. Why? <laughs> Why? I, I'm not dunking on anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving an opinion. <laughs> um, but basically, this it's it's a story, and it just it reminded me so much of uh, Cube. But I love. Yes. But I loved the. I love the concept and the, and just the story of of this movie. It's a vertical prison and there's one cell per level and in the whole uh middle part of the cell is hollowed out for this platform to go down. Now, and basically the premise of the story is there's only one food and this it's this platform is just covered with food completely covered but it starts at uh the top level which is one and you only and each uh cell person gets two minutes a day to feed and it and it goes down but the problem is there's over 200 levels so where where you are at is determines how much food you're really going to get. So if you're on level, say, 175, chances are the food is already gone. So you may end up, you know, resulting in, you know, killing your cellmate and eating them in order to survive because you, uh, according to the movie, you are on, uh, you are in a cell for a month at a time. So... You could be living, you know, the high life on level two, just gorging yourself on food and, you know, and having plenty and plenty to eat. But if you, you know, you could next month, you could be on level 183 and starving to death. So you never, you never know when you're going to end up. But another interesting concept about this movie is. Each uh, prisoner gets to take one item uh, into this uh, prison. And it doesn't matter what it is. If you want uh, uh, brass knuckles, you can take those. If you want uh, uh, a samurai sword, you can take that. Um, Just it's a very, very interesting movie. I won't I won't tell you anything much more because I think you guys really might be might be interested in it but yeah i i thought it was such a such a cool movie with a cool premise um it's a i can't remember do you uh dustin do you know where this was made is this i know it's a foreign film yeah i thought maybe it was uh gosh was it french or mexican i can't remember what it was but yeah it's yeah either subbed or dub however you want to watch it uh i would go as far as to say that it's not necessarily like a prison. It's almost like a rehabilitation center that you can volunteer for because doesn't the main character volunteer to quit smoking and he doesn't realize what he's getting into. Yeah. And he'll, he, they said he'll get a diploma if he lasts six months. 
Like, I don't know how they accredit stuff in wherever the <laughs> prison is. Because he brings I, a book. Yeah, he brings Don Quixote oh. to read, and he wants yeah. to quit smoking. What a nerd. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, well, the, uh, an interesting thing about it is the food is, is gourmet. It's like top tier food. And there's enough food supposedly on the platform when it starts that if everybody would just eat their share, yeah. everybody could have some. So that's a lot of, uh, and, and if you're on the level, uh, on, on a higher level, you pretty much just shit on the people down below. Yeah. And, uh, if you're down below, then you fucking hate the top people because they're not giving you anything. They're not giving you any food and they spit in the food. They shit in the food. Oh, yeah, they stomp on, on it. it. Yeah. It's savage. Uh, <laughs> I thought an interesting scenario with the main character was that when he, before he was admitted, he, they asked him what his favorite food was. And it was, I don't know, like clams casino or something, uh, something snails. You know. It was uh, snails, escargot, yeah. yeah. yes. But you know, something fucking disgusting <laughs> and it makes it, he's on a lower platform, but can still get food and his plate of escargot makes it all the way to him <laughs> without yeah. being touched. I thought that was a, a clever Clever thing to happen in the movie. This is a much wa- must watch for everybody. I sounds, thought it was really cool. sounds oh, like a very so, on the so nose. Happy. Sounds like a very on the nose social commentary. Um, yeah, through, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I was gonna watch it, but it's on Netflix, and they're not sending me checks. So, mm. oh, so, bummer. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, it's, didn't get a chance to. So, Dustin, what's your number six? Oh, my number six. Okay, hold on. I got to get the, I got this one. I got to get out of the containment unit here. Let's see. There we go. Let's turn this on. And let's see. Oh, there we are. There we go. Oh, here it is. It is the owners. (laughs) Owners. Did, uh, did anybody else see the owners? No, you're the only one. not. I'm the only you one on your list that you're the only one that watched, man. This is awesome. Oh, this is weird. Okay. Well, uh, this has um, a Stark in it from uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is another home invasion that kind of flips the script. Uh, it's about um, these group of kids that go into a house. Uh, one of them knows the owners. Uh, the others don't. One guy's like a big hot shot. One guy's the boyfriend. One person's the girlfriend who doesn't want it to happen to go down. So it's kind of cliche in a way. But uh, what happens is that they're trying to rob the house, get get in a safe, steal money. Um, and, you know, basically uh, live life large after that. But uh, they wait for the the owners to leave. Uh, they try to getting into the safe. It's taking way too long. It's not a safe they can crack. You know, if they start uh, uh, blaming each other, uh, things get crazy, and they decide, hey, let's wait for the owners to come home. We'll just make them open the safe. And uh, the owners come home. Incredible, incredible tense moments throughout this beginning of this movie. It's excellent. I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time of this movie. And they're they're pressuring the owners to give up the code to the safe so they can get the money. The owners don't want to. They're holding them hostage. It's a lot of back and forth. Um, the, the owners is actually a doctor 
and he knows almost uh, he knows the entire group of kids because he's been a doctor for their area forever and he's he's they've always had to go to him so he knows them so he's trying to talk them out of it uh trying to make sure that you know this is a mistake you shouldn't be doing this this is i know you you guys are not like this this is not he's like just walk away i won't press any charge he's really giving them an excellent out but the guy he doesn't know is really like hitting him hard he's like we you know we got to get this money we got to get into this safe we got to live large and it just it it, it boils up and it boils up and i I don't want to spoil it because there's some really cool things that happen in this movie but uh to say that the the, the tide shifts and uh, the advantage is in, no longer in the hands of the home invasion group, but more in the owner's side. And it, uh, it like I said, it kind of flips it. You can see that in the trailer, which is fucking garbage, but it's really, really good. Um, I think you guys would like this one. The second act is a little wonky, but uh, it ends strong and, uh, I I just had a lot of fun with it. I like Maisie Williams. She's yep. Stark from Game of Thrones. Um, she's in it. I don't recognize anybody else, uh, but it was it was solid, and I thought it was uh, perfect to put you know kind of in the middle of my in my list. That's very awesome. Um, I, I love how you have movies on your list that are not on anybody else. Yeah, nobody else has even that. seen because maybe they suck. <laughs> Because like it makes me want to, it makes me want to watch watch them, you know. So anyway, unlike me, who my number six is, you know, a predictable one that we've already talked about. My number six is Invisible Man. Yay! So we kind of already talked about it, but it's a great movie. It's probably my um, my biggest Hollywood movie on my entire list. Uh, but I, this, it's just proof right there. If they can make a really awesome Invisible Man movie, then yes, Universal needs to hand over mm-hmm. the Dark Universe to Blumhouse. So, and Lee Winnell, and let yeah. him write them all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, unless anybody else has another thing they want to add about Invisible Man, we I didn't see it. Get it? <laughs> ah, that's a mic joke. What do you do? I know. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that was completely transparent. Oh, come on. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. I love, I love it. Uh, so we still have five more to go, but guess what, folks? You're going to have to wait. That's right. Uh-huh. It's the end of part one of our two part of the award show. So to be continued. Ah! All right, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Tech Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? Wow! Tech of the Killer!